Hello, cyberspace. Are you ready for this? this is round two of the G Monk sauce, the super sauce. Super sauce. Yeah, it, round one wasn't good enough. Everybody wanted more, and I think our last our last podcast was like fifty podcasts ago. So, yeah, shit, it's a long time ago. Lots of things have happened between the two of us and our own separate paths, and then connected. And uh, yeah, there's so much to talk about, really, because we've both gone through, well, actually, your number two episode. So yeah, it's been 52 episodes since. I've been busy yeah, with Anthony, this thing. Anthony yeah. was number one, of course. Oh, he, shit. He's a, he's a god amongst men. Mm, god amongst he's, men. He's a, he's a cute little man. <laughs> I'm glad you guys finally got to meet up. Yeah, man. He's he's, he, he's, he's such sweet. a killer dude. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's number one. So you got number he's two. He's one of those. Uh, he's one of those extraordinary talents that understands filmmaking, design, like VFX and music. He's yeah. a fucking incredible. I love Pilot Priest. Pilot Priest is the shit. Yeah, dude. His uh, his music is really one awesome. Those, one of those extraordinary dudes. I am. Um, I've actually been listening to. Um, he did like this Genesis remix. Um, I'll send you a link to it. It's Land of Confusion. We'll have a link in the podcast too if you're interested. But it's One of really the best good. Music videos ever. Land of Confusion. Yeah. Well, somebody remixed it. Um, well, he he remixed the track, and then somebody like um, a fan of his like took a bunch of clips from like '80s movies and put it together, and it's really cool. Um, mm. But it's Pilot Priest, Land of Confusion, the Genesis thing. But um, yeah, I've I've been having it on heavy repeat. Well, I was working today and yesterday too, and um, it's cool. But yeah, freaking, freaking Anthony. <clears throat> but um, for those who are, are listening, um, just want to let you guys know that G Monk is in his pajamas in bed with the iPad talking Chilling. to me. <laughs> in the bed, propped up, eating a strawberry popsicle. Oh, no napkins. He's just going full on <laughs> loosey goosey style. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> White sheets, just fucking. <laughs> wiping his mouth on his pillow like a <laughs> like a slum dog millionaires gray, gray oh gray, gray sheets gray, gray geo sheets oh okay damn yeah. all right serious yeah. with it does it have, does it have grids on it it does actually oh you gotta be that guy you got like triangles and grids man <laughs> not not the softest material but definitely got some geo geo sheets I talked my wife into getting us one of those race car beds, so we got like a king size race car bed. It's tight <laughs> <laughs> with flames on the blanket. That'd be so amazing. That flame blanket, giant size kid <laughs> car bed. Have you seen Grandma's Boy? It's like one of the best parts of the whole film when it's Nick Swartzen's in the in the bed. Shit. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? No. Oh, it's super funny. Grandma's Boy is what it's called. But he's sitting in his race car bed, and he's like, this is fucking sick-ass race car bed. He's like an adult. <laughs> but he lives at home with his race car bed, and it's funny. I've seen Tommy Boy. Oh, uh, yeah, Tommy Boy is classic, man. It's so crazy that he's dead. Yeah, man. It's weird. It's kind of... Gotta watch, gotta watch your, your uh, obesity and your cocaine intake at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it could possibly go wrong. What's his name? The Master, that guy, too, just recently. So but that was heroin, awesome. though. As yeah. heroin. Yeah, he was... I, little, I heard that he was, like... A little heavier than cocaine. Yeah, just a tad. I heard that he had, like, 45 gallons or pounds... Gallons. <laughs> 45 gallons of heroin. <laughs> I guess you can measure it like that if you want to, if you want to be scientific. Mm-hmm. But, no, he had so much heroin on him. It's, like, such a... 
Yeah, it's a bummer. He's a super talented dude. Uh, yeah. Not a lot of guys can act at that level. He was just one of those really amazing talents. Yeah, I, I love the master. I love the. Fuck, I love Punch Drunk Love too, and he's kind of so good. Early breakout. Even what's better is Big Lebowski. <laughs> when he's a rich guy, is like Butler. He's so, oh, right. so awkward. It's so funny, and he stutters in one of his lines. And I love, I love that they keep that in the edit because it's mm. like he's just being such a goober. Yeah, he was good in that as well. But I was just reading. Uh, uh, you know, the, you know, the world is full of lists now, right? And it's like the top ten best improvised movie lines. <laughs> Like, and it's uh, just kind of really that was improvised it's just like that actually is is relevant to what we'll talk about today i'll, I'll bring that back up the improvisation and kind of the free form free flow um in live action we'll, we'll talk about that i'm sure at length but it was a kind of a shocking list because like the the last line of blade runner <laughs> oh was like tears in the rain or whatever yeah and uh han solo the princess leia oh yeah you know, the, do I, I know. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Well, those guys actually came up with them, the actors, which is actually feels good. If you watch that, it makes sense that the actor actually came up with it rather than a writer, because mm. he's he's sitting there in the role, you know, and he's actually yeah. doing it. I think I was telling you earlier that I've just digested like six plus hours of Fight Club commentary. <laughs> nice. Fucking fuckballs. So crazy. I haven't watched the film in years. I still haven't watched it completely through um, since like five years ago. I've just been watching it with the commentary, so I haven't watched it without commentary on it. So right. I'm, I'm excited to do that, but I can tell you. Because you're throwing it down, huh? Yeah, he's just. God, he's such a good director, man. He's just. He's just a rare. He's one of. He's like a Paul Tam, Thomas Anderson for me. I mean, they're po- totally different. They make totally different things, but. They both really love what they do, you know. You can really tell, and they're really smart, and they're they're confident. You could feel it in their films, you know. Yeah, it's really yeah, interesting. Massive, yeah, it just trips me out, you know. Like I think maybe we'll segue into the things. I mean, I look at what I'm trying to do. It's, it's such a like a fart in the wind, you know. Like comparison to like the massiveness of these, the projects that these guys mand- like handle, you know. It's just like damn. Mm-hmm. It's really, um, after I listened to all this commentary, I was like, fuck, I know nothing. <laughs> like, well, I still know so on the, little. On the flip side, to make you feel better, Ash, that those guys can't design more shit. So <laughs> <that. laughs> well, I don't know if I can either, so they still got me beat. Nah, but I think those guys, like, um, you know, they're just, I don't know, they're, they're, they're set on this earth to do a thing, and they do it well, you know, and thankfully they are able to do it because it's entertaining like when i really sit there and watch fight club i'm like geez how did this even get made like chuck's book uh, chuck Palahniuk's book is like it's such a fun read but it's so like it's so odd that they picked that up you know it's so great i'm so happy they did but like there's no fight clubs like right right now there's nothing even close to it during that era of films, though, it was like we had a lot of really good films. We had like um, American Beauty was out, which was one of my favorites as well. And um, uh, what, what else was out at that time? There's quite a few. There's quite a few. There was like Three Kings, which is a lot of fun. There's a lot mm-hmm. of um, directors coming out doing a lot of really cool things. And it was just, um, you know, look at it now, and I'm just like, man, where is that at? You know, I guess it's here. I just have to open my eyes, maybe. I don't know. But yeah. 
But yeah, I digress. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of good shit out there still. It's but just yeah. changing. I think it's changing, yeah. Yeah, the industry is changing. Industry is changing a lot. It's all it's all superhero and reboots of. I mean, fuck, they're gonna remake Blade Runner. It's like, why do you need to remake Blade Runner? Like, or a sequel? Or they're doing a sequel. Leave yeah, leave it alone, man. You know, just yeah, leave the franchise alone. Think of another one. You know, like Minority Report was so refreshing. Yeah, yeah. So good and just so on its own. You know. Yeah. Well, I think they've been trying to do that with creating new IP, you know, creating yeah. new well, intellectual properties like the day. The new, uh, the new Tom Cruise film came out and it got really good reviews or pretty, pretty good reviews. I haven't seen it, but the one where he's like in the mech suit, you know, it's like Tom Cruise. Oh, I thought it tanked. No, it did good. Well, it got good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that's not that bad. I mean, if you can pass yeah. the nerd fest of that, whatever that means, yeah. then yeah. It was like in the mid mid to high 80s, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. And Whoa. I usually, I usually listen to Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it may have gone down, you know, since the shit came out, but when it when it first came out, it was pretty high. And I didn't actually see Godzilla either. No, I yeah. I, 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 it, lately, I've been really trying to avoid listening to anybody else's critique. Um, yeah. I think it's changed me a lot after like actually going out and creating something from nothing, you know, and, and making mm-hmm. it and then seeing the whole process, you know, like releasing it and then seeing reaction and then realizing how odd and different everybody's reaction is. Mm-hmm. So I realized that no matter what, I just need to go see it and experience it for myself because there are quite a few films that I have a blast watching that people think are whack, you know, like mystery men. I love that film because it's so silly and ridiculous. Right. Have you seen that film with like that Ben Stiller and like Tom Waits is like that guy with the weapon thing. You've seen it before, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. But it's like a guilty pleasure, you know? Yeah. But it seems like, um, you know, like there's, you know, obviously like the blade runner and stuff, but we know when blade runner came out, it was a total failure, you know, like, Nobody liked it. I mean, not nobody, but the general populace didn't get it. You know, it just didn't click with them. People weren't ready for it, and it and it grew with age and became its own thing. You know, <clears throat> but it's a classic. Yeah, it's it's uh the world of public opinion is very very interesting, and we've all been trained now. You know, with with Facebook and comment comments. You know, comments are are what we've been trained now. Everybody can comment. Yeah, what do you think you of know, that whole thing? Publicly, I mean, it's 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 a source of everything. You know, it's a source of great humor. It's yeah. a source of like exasperate. I actually, um, I actually made a promise to myself to never read comments. Yeah, I don't do uh, it, especially either. on YouTube. I never, Ooh, never, yeah. never. Read Those comments. are acidic, man. <laughs> oh man, YouTube is a fucking. Uh, <laughs> It's it's a it's a dark place, YouTube. That's where kind of the you know that's like I don't go I don't post stuff on there. <laughs> uh, video comments are usually way more true. I still don't really read them, but yeah, um, you know you can see kind of out of the corner of your eye, um, you know Vimeo comments, and then you know Facebook is just as bad as YouTube, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I remember. So... I remember uh, you know, we can we can get into something. I I remember uh, I was at the FITC Toronto mm-hmm. uh, conference in April. And what does that stand I, for, by the way? Sorry. Well, it used to stand for uh, Flash in the Can. Okay. In, in the good old days, and then I think maybe like 
then then they just they just said we're FITC, and I think it's like Future Innovation Technology Conference or something like that. Oh, they changed um, it. Oh, F, dude, F, off. Off is a official online Flash Film Festival. Oh, online, I thought it was official or something like that. It was definitely Flash Film Festival. Flash Film Festival. Yeah, I found that out when I was in Barcelona. I was like, ah, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. It's totally yeah, different. It's all everything was Flash back in the day, and now. Um, one of my one of my good friends Shane Milky just showed me a website uh, today using uh, WebGL and and you know JavaScript and anything. I mean, I was I was really impressed. I was really really impressed on how snappy it was. Really high frame rate, just doing all the things that Flash can do. You know, you know the rollover audio stuff. There's still things that Flash can do, but um, that JavaScript can't yet. But it's it's all changing, man. So I'll change it. But I wanted to say that I was in, at uh, Flash, in the, Flash in the Can, or FITC, uh-huh. and, uh, and my friend James White, good friend of mine, man. We've been to many, many conferences together. He's the nicest guy from um, up in Nova, Nova Scotia, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Some, Nova you know, Scotia. Nova Scotia. And uh, <laughs> he was talking. He did this like kind of mini 30-minute like in the small room talk about um, he did a, a poster um, after the big tsunami in in Japan, mm, yeah. um, and, and he raised a ton of money making this poster and sold you know sold it online and raised like you know in the ten thousand I think it was like thirty thousand dollars for chair. Good, that's awesome. It's incredible, incredible. Yeah, and received a ton of backlash for it. What on? Because people were saying, you know, you're capitalizing on this tragedy. You know, you're using this to promote yourself. Like people were really. But it went to tra- it went to charity, right? All of it went to charity. What the this fuck? This is how fucking retarded people are. Yeah. And and James was talking about that experience, what it was like to like read these comments Ugh. and get kind of wrapped up in it, because he's a very like James is kind of the social media master. And so he's got a ton of followers all around. He's done a, a wonderful job promoting himself. It's something that we can talk about later as well. Yeah, I would love yeah. to. Um, and and he was just, it really spun him out, all these comments. And it's like, he knows in his heart what he did was right. Yeah. You know, any sane person knows what he did was right. You know, you know, it's it's, it's not like he's capitalizing on you know, a tragedy to promote himself. That's completely not the reason why he made the posters. He made the posters to raise money for charity. Yeah. It's awesome. Full purpose. And he did. And it's a, it's a, it's a a beautiful thing that he did. Um, but it just goes to show you, man, that like you can't, you can't. and And I told him after his talk, I was like, James, you know, you gotta, you can't, you can't read that shit. Yeah, you, can't you can't get into this whole like conversation with the public Mm-mm. about these things because it's just going to throw you out of rhythm. It's going to throw you off focus, you know, yeah. focus and flow. And you need to kind of, you know, protect yourself um, from that. And, and, and it was actually, it's actually quite surprising to hear that he kind of got wrapped up in that. And, um, but yeah. And so going back to like Facebook, well, it's easy to though. It it kind of is, you know. I th- I think it it kind of is. You know that like a dude like Syriac Harris, who's up in, you know, you know deep deep UK making his incredible After Effects animations, isn't listening to any comments, you know. Or Beeple sure sure as hell isn't, isn't listening to any comments, you know. There's yeah. definitely um, you know I think there's people who have kind of a, a harder edge to him. Not that James doesn't, but I'm just saying like it was it was uh, it was it was unfortunate that 
that I, you know, people were taking shots at him. Well, I think bullshit. it's, I think it's bullshit. And at the same time, I like, it was, it was funny that you're saying this is that you actually told Anthony not to read comments and Anthony told me. So when we released the off thing, I was like, all right. And then when I released the ghost in the shell thing, it was the same. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking look at comments, you know? And then when I looked at a couple of them, I'm like, I just got instantly like frustrated. Cause I'm like, geez, you guys are, what the heck, you know, how did he not get this? But at the same time, the way I equate it is like, you take it out to the field and you say like, say you create a flower, you know, like nature just <laughs> creates things. And then like, you can have a bunch of like people that come along and can, don't know what the flower is doing or what it's about or why it's there, but they're enamored by it. But no matter what, there's some people that feel either jealous or don't understand its presence there. And so they'll just sit there and critique it. So you can have something that's a beautiful, you see it in fashion even. It's like you see somebody like a beautiful woman and then like they go into Photoshop and just like tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak until it becomes like this like anomaly almost, you know? Mm. So it's like, a, I think it's a good to allow a little bit of, of comments in, but like I'm very cautious about it. Um, I'm very cautious about like who and what I let into that world, you know, because yeah. especially when you're creating too, it's, um, it's good to have collaborators, but at the same time, I think it's important to have like people that you feel like are on the same wavelength or you just feel like you can connect with be, like beyond, you know, the basic things, you know, and, and it's so, yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's the inner circle, you know, it's the yeah. inner circle. and I think that, um, you know, I, Sometimes uh, doing in doing productions, you know, a, of any sort, uh, be it you know short films or design or whatever. I'll, I'll always like I have my like design inner circle, and I have my kind of like uh, live action inner circle. And I sometimes when when I close myself off to that inner circle and I just kind of go into this like isolation mode when I'm doing a project, um, I feel like the project suffers sometimes because. Sure. Um, it's good to, it's good to get that like critical feedback that, you know, is coming from a, a place of love. Yeah. Or just a place of encouragement, you know, positive exactly. place. it's yeah. coming from, yeah, it's coming from, and you take that feedback with an open, you know, open mind and an open heart because you know that these people are people who, you know, are, are true friends or true peers and aren't, aren't insecure and taking shots at you for you know their own egos or, or that bullshit they're just trying to help and and to um you know everybody's kind of lifting up everyone else in the circle yeah and that's and that's a really important thing and i, and I always actually tell students that when they when they ask me um you know what what advice do you have for you know, for, for me get, just getting out of school or this and that. And I'm always telling them that, you know, besides all the other <laughs> bazillion things I tell them, I always say, you know, get, get yourself like an inner circle of people, even if it's your fellow students or find yourself some, some collaborators that you can confide in um, that will kind of open your eyes to things that you didn't think about. Yeah. We'll just like sharpen your skills and stuff yeah that's definitely yeah. it yeah it's important but i think it's within range you know and so what i think what we might be getting at is that when you release all this stuff out into the public it's like just let it for me it's just like i release it and i'm just gonna let it be and that's yeah. it it's like I, I i just close that door as far as like taking in the feedback from 
but that's kind of challenging because I know part of me is like, man, maybe I should, I should like allow some of that to come in and in, in hit me, you know, so I can understand like what the general populace is looking after. But then I think to myself, I guess with the recent projects is it's, it's personal, so it doesn't matter, you know, but if I'm trying to go and accomplish a goal of like getting global understanding and if it's failing, then that's my fault. But the tool wasn't designed for that, you know? So it's more like yeah. I'm just expressing myself, you know, I equate the experience to off. I think I might told you it's kind of a funny thing, but I felt like it's like I was walking, like I'm in transition. And so I felt like I was walking in the, in the dark by myself like naked and then all of a sudden like the off flashlight points right out my my balls and <laughs> like and i'm like uh, uh this is in, i'm insecure right now and i don't feel like i'm ready to reveal myself you know like i feel like i feel vulnerable you know that's what it felt like i just felt like i'm in transition you know i'm in i'm in a vulnerable state of change you know yeah but but um yeah i don't know but in, and then the and the crazy crazy thing about that is the the more high profile the work you do the more criticism you're going to receive that's why like honestly yeah like that's why i have zero interest in going into feature film work first of all i I just can't even fathom the idea of like working on something for a year or two years and that's all you work on that just seems really crazy they're like 10 years (laughs) yeah exactly and then you know in addition to that just the the critique and just the the feedback is just, it, I feel like, and although I, you know, I don't know because I'm not a professional filmmaker, but I just, it just seems like it would be so overwhelming. Like, can you imagine spending two years on something that everybody hates? Uh. Can you imagine what like, uh, Carl Rinch felt like when he released, uh, 40, was it 41 Ronin? 40, 47 Ronin, I think. 47 Ronin? Yeah, I think that's what it was. You know, like. Did he direct that whole thing? I heard that he didn't he do the whole thing or something like that or some kind of. Like where you got kicked off the job or something? I don't know. I mean, this is yeah, all hearsay. You know, I mean, Carl Wrench is an incredibly talented director, and he's done some of the most incredible commercials. Like really clever, really, really good. And you know, his first feature um, didn't go over so well. You know, and yeah. and I just can't. I just can't. Like if if you do if you do like a, a music video and everybody hates it, it's kind of like no big deal because it's a music video. You do a design that everybody hates, it's yeah. no big deal. It's just a fucking design, you know. Design the effort, yeah, level yeah, of effort, you know, dedication. You spend yeah. like two years and this and that, and it's just the you know you're on set all the time and in post, it just consumes you, and then and then everybody hates it. It's like that's not <laughs> what it's about, of course. Like sure. it's about just like doing what you love and. You know, he hopefully had a great time making the film, but at the end of the day, it's just really ter- it's terrifying, if yeah. anything. You know, it's just really, really terrifying. It's funny, after, like, you know, and, and you probably feel exactly the same way, but after, like, doing these, you know, live-action projects, um, design is so easy now, isn't it? It's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so... like you know, when you go out into the woods, you're out in the field, <laughs> and it's cold and you can't control the weather at all and the lighting is always changing and you have 10 variables at once and there's crew and there's people you know <laughs> you're directing left and right da, 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 da. um when you sit at your computer and every variable is controlled because it's just you and your software on your computer and there's no yeah. there's no variables <laughs> it's just so easy and actually really refreshing in a lot of ways too you know and it's just 
Well, setting contrast, you know, it's setting yourself with contrast. It's giving yourself like, okay, like if you think this is hard, that's what I always thought was interesting is if you think if you're sitting there and you think that what you're doing is hard, go do something that you know is way harder and then that'll be easy, you know, (laughs) absolutely, absolutely making movies. Um, I was talking about this earlier, actually, as saying like making a film or just filmmaking in general, um, is the hardest thing I've ever done creatively. It's the most challenging and you have to be willing to just trust and relax and let go and let it be. And I was thankful that my partner in creating this was, you know, Anthony and Anthony's already, he's been making films for 10 years. So he's been through all a lot of different stages of this, you know, that I'm not privy to. So that really helped out a lot. So when I, if I wasn't completely in my a game, he was able to help, you know, and be a part of it. It's just as much project of his as it is mine. So that really helps significantly. Um, but it's, it, I was just, I was telling a friend of mine who's an artist, a painter. And I was like, yeah, when you make films, it just makes like painting and art, like, just like, you know, like it's so easy, you know, it's like, at least when it comes to like, if you're doing it, like I used to think concept art and stuff was like such a big deal. And it is, it's very important, you know, I'm not trying to downgrade it, but when you look at the entire piece, the whole project, it's mm. really nothing. It doesn't have, it doesn't have the, the, the same weight of power that an effort that the rest of this stuff takes, you know, as far yeah, as like creating it. And I'm not, like I said, I don't want to offend anybody and let them feel that I think it's not valuable because that's what I do for a living. But what I look at it, I just look at it as a whole and the, and the actual effort of making it cohesive it's really amazing when something works out right you know like it blows me away when i watch a really great film i'm like holy fuck man like bravo you know like i just want to stand up and like clap and be like yeah you fucking rock you know good job Mm -hmm. (laughs) last good film i saw was her i don't know have you seen her i loved her it's great man i loved her my dad hated it you know, so interesting. didn't like it at all. And I was just like, what was there? What was like, there? What was their argument against? Uh, uh, well, we're talking about my dad here. who's 72 years old, you know, <laughs> uh, more boobs. He, he didn't. No, no, no. I mean, he's, he's a very intelligent man, but he just didn't like how it ended. He didn't like how it resolved. He thought there was so much more potential that was unrealized and how the relationship between, uh, you know, Joaquin Phoenix and Samantha. Well, oh, Sam. No, what was what was the dude's name? Heck, what was Joaquin Phoenix's character name? I don't know. Her. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix and Samantha <laughs> was, was uh, Scarjo. Yeah, Scarjo. Scarjo. Um, <laughs> but he just thought that it wasn't wasn't uh, fully realized, and I that's the part that I liked the most. I liked the twist, and I liked the fact that like, oh, this is a machine who's multitasking and talking to, you know, she's in love with 6,000 people at once. And that's just like, oh, that's so true. That's so fucking brilliant. You know, like that was yeah, like of part of the whole movie. Yeah. And, 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 and just the, the, the way that they represented the future aesthetically, I just really loved that, man. It was so pretty. The colors, everything was so colorful and it was just completely opposite than what you were expecting the future to look like. It's just everything's so color. I love like the quirky, like, the style like the high cut pants yep. you know and 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 you know all the it's definitely you know, his kind of film it's definitely yeah, a jones so films good. yeah it's definitely it's so beautifully shot like it's just really really a ma- i thought it was a masterpiece i just loved it I yeah it's an a class it was an a plus film for me um it was just it, it dealt with like so many really interesting things what it was for me is is i thought that he handled some of the most delicate things so well as far as interaction with computers and stuff that it hasn't been 
like you know people you know like when we work on these films like tron or whatever prometheus it's like how my user interface blah blah blah. you know it's like it's like this funny thing that happens but when when you have a really smart brain and a and a good writing you can figure out like how to create a story that sews everything together so way the way i looked at it which i i thought was really brilliant is the future of computer technology and our interaction with it her interaction with him was was he was she was only there for his necessary in order for him to grow and develop and become a better person she Mm. was basically his shaman in a sense if you really look at it for me that's what it was and and so she would push him along he would he would keel to the point where he was going to get comfortable and then she would shatter that push him along he'll shatter push him along he'll shatter until he wasn't shattered because he just became content with his own self and right when that happened she left and so i thought to myself the future of technology isn't about us using it one way one side it's about uh, a cohesive like um a relationship to better us you know like i think when steve jobs created this technology his goal i think was to create a better way of living not necessarily a distraction but a better way of living and if you can do that you can create a better existence, you know, and that's what she was, at least for me. And that's what it felt like, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, it was really cool. I can't wait to watch it again because, you know, I'm like a big fan of like films like ghost in the shell and ghost in the shell. I mean, her is basically ghost in the shell with like leather and like guns and shit, you know, which is like, <laughs> but which is, but you know, it's much more than that, obviously, but it's really similar. If you think about the main themes and plots and, you know, merging and, and, and stuff, it's not, it's not the surface, but the deep down underlying theme is, you know, technology and allowing it to transform you and become something else and stuff, you know, so. Mm-hmm. That's know. Cool, By the way, I, I uh, you know, want to congratulate you on that, on that project. That was a, that was a, a, a design project, pure design project gone viral. And that was very, very cool, man. Very, very, very cool. Very inspiring. And just uh, the way you did it, you know, the edit, I love I love the edit like all the layers on piano chords was just brilliant and the, and obviously the design the aesthetic that you came up with was really cool really cool man really inspiring to just you know I I uh, as I get older um, I tend to you know as I get older I tend to collaborate more and more and this goes back to all this talk about filmmaking you know filmmaking is a giant collaboration without all your crew and your people you can't make shit yeah. Um, and so just the, the spirit of the project that you did and collaborating globally with all these people and, and directing them and guiding them and just harnessing the power of, of you know, community to create such a beautiful project um, was incredibly inspiring. Thanks, and, dude. You know, Thank you. Very, very cool. Thanks, man. I know that um, you know we were texting quite a bit when I was going through that, finishing it up and, and being done with it. And you know I had kept you kind of just slightly in the loop with what I was doing, you know, and, and I'm glad that it worked out and I'm glad you liked it. And, um, yeah, that was it. That was the point, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was rough at times. It was challenging. There's lots of egos involved and, uh, you know, it's complicated. Um, but for the most part, I'm incredibly proud of the things and the effort that we created. Um, it's just, it was so much work and it was crazy. It went viral. It was really crazy. It was crazy seeing it. Um, in my mind, I was hoping that it might go on like one of those sites or something. That'd be cool, you know? And then mm-hmm. just every week, every day it would go to the next site and then spread. And so like for the whole week, it, it was for five days straight. It was just crushing. It was really cool. It was just cool. Cause all the effort was there, you know? And 
all this stuff. And, and I want to give a shout out to the team. I mean, it was like an amazing team of amazing people, you know, like I can't, I don't want to name one person without naming the other. Cause there was, I think at one time I was managing 40 people, you know, so <laughs> doing that all like off the internet, like half these people I've never met in person, you know? And, uh, like one, uh, there's a couple of guys that I was really getting close with because we're working on it every day, you know, towards the last three months of it, I was working on it every day. Um, I was doing either notes or, you know, emails or actually building files and finishing the composition because everything came channeled through me at the end, but it was just a ton of work and everybody that worked on it really put a lot of effort into it. And I'm really proud of everybody's effort and I hope everybody's happy with it, you know, so it was cool. I don't know. How you couldn't be if you were on that team. It was really, really something. Yeah. Something. And uh, you know the off titles as well, man. It was just a really, really beautiful, beautiful film with just this incredible tension to it. I just love the tension. The music is what got me. The music is just yeah. completely transfixed. <laughs> like, you know, I was, I was showing people at, at work, and they would just like kind of watch it without like really even listening to you know how people people are so fucking add these days bro <laughs> it like yeah, is getting challenging worse every year you know it's just yeah. like every year it's just like people are getting why do you think they have movies in movie theaters you know like well yeah you just you sit down it's black there's nothing you can look at except straight ahead and social shame if you if you're there's social shame if you speak out or if you make noise you know so yeah. it's like shut the fuck it's, up and, and it's a beautiful it. thing and it'll never change you know it'll never yeah. ever change well it's gonna go to virtual reality and stuff which i think would be the next the next hurrah but yeah thanks right. for that the as well experience of like going to a you know I, I really at least i hope that you do you know 30 years from now we'll be taking our you know kids well 15 years from now probably <laughs> right now <laughs> well kira's nine I mean, yeah so my daughter's nine taking yeah our kids in, in 20 years to you know see clash of the titans 10 <laughs> <laughs> like x-men uh Dawn of yesterday you know, harry, harry hamlin's gonna come back you harry know? potter fucking 25 <laughs> but uh but it's just uh you know that but people but shit, viewing shit on the internet you know at work is just forget it you know like but i was showing people the off titles um it's incredibly you know, challenging people, to get people some to people watch would that. like not watch it with audio or like not really like pay attention to it and they'd be like this is boring yeah and i'm like no 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 no. this is like one of those things you need to go full screen put your headphones on yeah and watch it yeah that's been my rule when i send it to people the tension like once you get wrapped up into it it's just such an incredible it's it's so cool man i just really loved it i'm glad you liked it man thank you so much you know i think it was a yeah it was an interesting one i think maybe i try to explain a little bit of it to some people but it's definitely um kind of challenging i think uh, uh i mean there's so much to say about it really and i and would kind of wish anthony is here because he's just as, as important a part of this as i am because it's kind of it was like our our brainchild you know but just like a dream i had and then told him the dream and then and then he actually had similar dreams and then building it out and then writing it and then putting it together then you know all the work to get it out there and i mean it's just it's like uh david fincher said it perfectly and i didn't realize it until i experienced it when i was listening to one of his commentaries i think it was for the game he was saying that making film is like the the most the most involving experience you can make with art but then also the most extensive because you create the idea or you you find a book or whatever you get obsessed with it and then you, you go and write a script and then you build it off there and you go and get the actors and you go do 
pre-production, then you go out there and you actually shoot it, and then you go back and you go to edit, and then you put it together, and then you go and do a screening, and then you get people's reactions, and then you go out and release it to the theater, and then 10 years later, somebody goes, fuck your film, you know, or like, you know, <laughs> so it, like, you know, over a span of your entire life, it lives with you, and it becomes you, it becomes part of you, and it's an experience that's, I mean, uh, it's just one of those things that just it gives and gives and gives and gives, and it never ends, and it, and it, it gives and takes at the same time, you know. So, but no, I, I'm glad it's done. <laughs> when I was doing Ghost in the Shell and off at the same time, I was literally going insane because I was also being a full time husband and full time dad, and then also working on like multiple client projects just to make sure the bills are paid. So it was just like, I was literally going insane that last year. I'm just like, I'm over it. <laughs> now, like personal projects, I'm like, I'm not fucking doing one of those again for a long time. <laughs> well, my own, my own, my own book thing, but yeah. But no, I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Uh, it, was, uh, yeah, it was a beautiful piece of work, man. Thank really you. Piece of work, and I'm sure, and, and and I think you know, probably you know, I'm I'm doing this podcast tonight to give as much, you know, relay as as much of the lessons that I've learned over the last, you know, since we last talked. You yeah, know, good. We promise that we won't talk about drugs in this podcast. Um, <laughs> but as it's much okay. as much of the lessons that I've learned, you know, in the you know, yeah. last, I don't know how long it's been since we've talked, but maybe a year, let's say a year, eight months or whatever. But just like, I've learned so many lessons in the last eight months. And I think it's, I just want to give it back to whomever is listening, you know, to this thing. And I think I, I would actually like to hear uh, some of the lessons that you learned during off and then I'll, I'll, I'll do my turn. Please. Yeah. Cause I want to hear about your experience with Tycho and stuff. Yeah. And all but that let's stuff see you first. Okay, but no, I thank, thank you, and I think that people will enjoy that. I hope so, you know, like, for those of you that are listening, and even if you're not into film or wanting to be a filmmaker, just heed what we're trying to say, because I think a lot of these things are applicable to any kind of creative on any kind of scale, and, and it's so great. I'm so happy that you've learned so much since then, because, like, that just means you're pushing yourself, and if you're not pushing yourself, then what the hell are you doing, you know? So that's that's where I want to actually take my conversation about what off was for me and I can go on and talk a lot about it but the experience was incredibly trying because like the thing I the thing that I wanted to do with Anthony was was create something all of our own and we'll never create something like that again because the situation is set up perfectly for it Hector the guy who creates off or works on directs it uh, he just said you know go for it I don't want to see anything of it you know until the day of so we just kind of went out there and, and and when we did release it and show him it was a it was a crazy experience but it was just a personal adventure you know and, and we'll never create anything like that but for me it was it was about doing something different i felt that i was getting pigeonholed into becoming this like quote-unquote user interface guy and, and which is funny to me is i don't really that's not my thing and I guess it is because it's I'm able to pay the bills and, and somehow I, it works out where people like it enough to call me back to do it. But I was worried that it was leading me down a path that I didn't necessarily want to be. You know, I don't want to be pigeonholed as a creative because there's so much more to my dimensional, like the what I want to do, you know. So when I was writing and building this out with Anthony, we kept laughing to ourselves because it's like, this is so abstract. This is so crazy. This is so weird. But, uh, but I was just telling him, and, and the day after the shoot, when we were heading home, we were all at my RDOP, Kevin and Rebecca Jolson, their RDOP, and uh, Anthony and I were all sitting at the airport leaving, you know, just having a dinner before we left. And we all looked at each other and said, I, this is our best work because it's ours, you know, like, and we mm -hmm. all agreed. 
and it couldn't have been good without all of our involvement together. So it was an enormous risk, you know, and, and, uh, and the releasing it and everything, I felt like I'd probably let certain people down because they wanted to have like a, a dubstep UI splurge bonanza kind of thing, you know, <laughs> and I, that's just not necessarily what I'm trying to provide, you know, from my own self, you know, and I'm trying to explore like new avenues of just creating new things, my own, like what my mind sees, you know, and just building off of that and having fun with it and just kind of creating new worlds. So the, the whole thing that I learned from this was just creation, create your own thing, create your own content, take a risk. It actually probably won't feel like it'll pay off, but it, it does and just enjoy it, you know, and, you know, take that risk because nobody else will take a risk on you if you don't, you know, so. Absolutely. And even if you, and even if you, um, succeed or fail, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just that you took that risk and you challenged yourself to grow and learn. That's that's invaluable. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a failure or a success. It's like that's what you go to school for. That's what you do mentorships with. You know, for and under people and um, and so just by putting making yourself uncomfortable, you know, UI is easy for you. You know, it's it's something it's it's formulaic in a lot of ways, and um, by putting yourself way out of your comfort zone um, and, you know, and, and feeling the burden of, you know, traveling and for five days or seven days, I think it was your shoot. Our shoot um, was uh, four days of shooting, I think. Four days. Yeah, so, yeah, days. to be out there in, 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 in Seattle and I don't know if you camped or you stayed at Best Western or something. Being, being we stayed at the hotel that was in the shoot or was in the... Oh, word. That's yeah, awesome. That's where we stayed. Awesome. <laughs> where he sits down, that was where Anthony slept. <laughs> awesome that's yeah. awesome that makes it more memorable yeah exactly it was a crazy memorable experience you know going on that adventure and, and making yourself uncomfortable and kind of you know putting yourself out you know putting yourself and making yourself uncomfortable and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and then conquering that you basically are you know became a warrior and and conquered and that's the most rewarding thing you know is when yeah. you know it's not when you're sitting in your in your basement, you know, with all your Tron posters and, and you're making a hologram, because, <laughs> you know, you know exactly what to do. And there's no variables at all. The, the most rewarding thing is when you go out into the deep woods in some sketchy hotel in Seattle and you're, you know, and you're all uncomfortable and you have a torn up shot sheet and people are tired and you're, you know, and, and you, and you make it and you, and you, and you, you win, you win the battle, you know? And, and, yeah. uh, that's, that's, it's rewarding, isn't it? It's just it's such, a, so. it's such a different kind of feeling. Well, in a a, lot yeah. Of ways. Well, like you said, I think you hit it on the head. It's there's the environment is out of control. You know, like one the only thing that really was a huge pain in the fucking ass up there was that we went up to Washington because we wanted um, twi- we wanted the good um, we wanted the good light. Basically, we we knew that we can only afford to shoot with the 5D because we did, we wanted to use Blackmagic 5K or 4K. I mean. But we they they wouldn't give us one because we basically had no budget. So we were like, they wouldn't let us use one just because that's what we wanted to use. So anyways, we ended up running with the 5D. I think on, on set we had like five or so at once. So it was really great because it was super versatile. And so what we wanted is, is really good even light because the 5D is really bad with dynamic range. So we wanted it to shoot in a place where it would allow that 
you know, so the 5D would look like red if we can push it in the editing, you know, which surprised a lot of people that it was all shot on 5D, which for those of you that don't know, Canon 5D Mark III is a camera that you can, if you're just being a novice, it's a high level novice camera, but it's very versatile and it really works well because it's rugged and we can just get out there and it was, you know, so, but the problem we had is that we went up there to shoot for we wanted like good overcast and good good mood you know and good mm -hmm. even light for like we wanted we wanted to have windows of like four hours if we could of shooting you know just even because yeah. the continuity well instead what we got was complete sunshine and complete rain it was a <laughs> fucking dog shit i was so pissed and it was just you know it, that's one of those things is that we look at anthony and we just both shake our heads and we go you know we need to get these shots so instead of doing these shots right now we have to quickly change everything change mm -hmm. the entire setup and go to do this right now and it and so i think what it was is it was a lesson for me to realize that i can't control everything and i must ex ex experience and uh I'll open myself to that you know like another example is is in the clearing when he finds the toy in my mind it was about clarity of mind you know everything in the film has a symbol it's all very personal to me and personal to anthony we both have our own meanings too which is cool but the clearing was symbolized clear thought to me and it was like an opening uh like a transition from the cl cluttered woods and and when we were up there there was no clearing like that i wanted grass and this kind of like opening i wanted a visual difference you know so you felt like you're in a different setting because that was the character the environment itself was an enormous character too so we um rebecca and i our dop uh we drove around in the rental car and just went looking while they were shooting another scene just trying to find the scout like scouting for a location like you know mm -hmm. hours before we had to shoot and then uh we found like this house with this huge huge that's that's somebody's backyard that we shot in and we went into the house and like you know just the adventure like going up to the house and like some old lady like grandma was trying to open the door and she couldn't and then her like daughter had to come out and we talked to her and she was like yeah go ahead you guys can use it and we ended up bringing up a case of beer and like <laughs> you know like just those kind of stories of just going out there and doing it and, and for me and i think for you as well is like when we work in the computer we have so much control we sit in our office with ac and the lights right and all the moods right and stuff but when i was out there it was like fuck others like there's dead there's dead rats in the mud and i'm walking my feet are completely soaked because it's like there's mud everywhere and then i'm kind of cold and certain things aren't working but at the same time I'm so happy to be there, you know, mm. I'm just so thankful to be there. And I was just like soaking up every minute of it. And every time that I would call action, I just felt like super giddy, you know, like, Oh, like, you know, I just feel like a kid, like I'm playing with toys, you know? And it was, it was a lot of fun. Mm. And so I don't know. I mean, the experience itself is like a never, it's like an endless experience. I like, I'll never forget. And I'm just so thankful that I had it. And I was just like amazed by like how amazing our crew was and the actors and just everybody in general just like really stepped up and we really all put 110% in it. I just couldn't be more proud of everybody involved because it would never have turned out the way it did without people trusting us. I mean, people couldn't really understand what the hell it was about even reading the script, you know? And so right. when we're on location, I'm like, okay, yeah, so you do this. And it's like, I have to explain it to them, I feel, so that they understand like where I'm coming from and why I want them to do this thing, you know? <laughs> and it, it takes a lot of trust. And I'm just amazed that, you know, a group of strangers are willing to trust, you know, 
and I, you know, a vision exactly, you know, and, and, uh, it's really interesting too. Like recently, um, I sent it to my dad and him and my family watched it and I just, it was interesting, um, hearing it from him and, and they all watched it together with, you know, I didn't, I wasn't a part of it or nothing. And, um, my little sister is like, what the hell is this? What, where, where are they talking? Are they going to talk? What is this? You know? And then, and then, uh, my mom, my mom, my mother-in-law, and she was just talking about it. And it was really cool. Like how she was just like, man, it's so like crazy. It's so creepy. And like, it's exactly like you were telling me it was going to be and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> it's cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it somewhat, you know? So it was just really interesting. Like I said, the experience never really stops, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was just, and it was just interesting. The next big challenge I think it would be fun to do is, is really challenge myself and Anthony, um, at creating something with narrative, um, a narrative with a theme that isn't spoon fed, but it's there. So you feel it, but it also, I don't like to, I don't never, I never want to make something that is just hitting you over the head. Like, cause I don't appreciate that with films. I like to have a film that leaves me with something like, wait, what? And let me, lets me think, you know, the yeah, thing, you get figured out. Yeah. The reason why is, uh, you own a piece of mental real estate in that person's mind forever. What you do is you create a contrast and the contrast creates a memory and, and through a memory, somebody you, you've initially, you've basically owned a section of their, their mind, basically a memory, you know? And so for me, that's important because I'd rather test somebody's faith or test somebody's thought rather than just kind of feed them what they think that they want, because I don't know what they want. I only know what I want, you know, and which is to make like a weird thing, something interesting, something thought provoking, you know, and, and it's been really interesting hearing all the different explanations that people give me. Like, I know that you're really curious about it. And I was really, I didn't show you anything too. I was really, I didn't want to show anybody anything until it was released because I didn't want, this wasn't one of those projects that I could just like show the section, you know, halfway through and be like, Hey, this is it. I just felt like it would ruin the experience, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I can go, I can go on and on. Cause it's, it was a really interesting thing. And there's just so much, there's so much depth to the stories of just even just getting the shots and making them happen and just going, you know, flowing with it, you know, like working in the woods and then going to the hotel and lighting the sets. And like one of the actors, he was, he was funny. He was looking at us like we were crazy because we'd spend like three plus hours just lighting the scene that we would only, right. we'd only need for like, you know, six seconds of the film or something, you know? And he'd be like, right. you guys are <laughs> fucking crazy. But I'm like, well, no, this is exactly what it needs to be because this is how we see it. You know? Yeah, we see it like this, and this is important for us to see it through properly, you know. So, yeah, yeah, it's fucking nuts. But yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> um, how long? How long did you work on it for? Like, when did you write the story? And then from from that moment that you kind of started to write your little bullet point list of the you know the outline of the story to releasing it off. How long was that? Uh, Hector had reached out to me, I think it was like eight months total when the, the, because the moment that I said, yeah, was the moment I started working on it. Yeah. And it was not necessarily, I went to like, Oh, I'm going to start pulling references or writing things down. It was just like, my head was like, fuck, what are we going to do? I was in Germany at the time. Actually, I was working on, uh, for Audi on the, on a project. Um, and I was out there for a week and that's when I got the email and so I Skyped Anthony the, probably that same day or something. I can't remember. And I was like, dude, you want to do this? Let's do this. This will be fun because we were already talking about making our own film. So I was like, why don't we just do two birds with one stone? We'll do this. 
and we'll get a decent audience to see it and we'll be a part of our own thing and we'll we'll, we'll change things you know we'll yeah. do our own thing it won't necessarily be anything that anybody's done before and so we had a lot of random ideas but on the flight home from germany i had it was hard for me to sleep and i had a lot of weird dreams and one of the dreams was about this guy driving down the road at night with a dog in his passenger seat and then a guy in the back with black face and his eyes were glowing and i just thought that was really interesting and there was this con there was this like conflict between the driver and the passenger and so a lot of the times i'll have a weird dream and i just kind of write it down but this dream was so particular i was like we must this has to be the thing for off i think and because you can apply your own meanings. And, and so I started writing my own narrative to what that was to me personally. I just jotted it down really quickly. And when I got home, I just had a call with Anthony and just kind of told him the idea. And he instantly um, attached himself to it because it felt familiar for him as well. And he's had similar dreams or just similar similar visions, basically. And so um, I gave him like all the bullet points of this, the things that were in the dream or things that I thought would be cool to show. And gave it all to him, and then he pushed it all together, mushed it together, and made, wrote out a really awesome little script, a little treatment, and then we put all these visuals together to kind of, you know, just clips from movies and shit like that, um, like mm -hmm. basically like a pitch book, you know, put it together and and um, gave that to Topics, I think, which is the production studio that gave us some money, funded a project so that we could go out and do it. And it was amazing for me because they just trusted us, you know, and I was like, I thought that was really awesome because... Uh, we knew we were going to do something completely different. We didn't want to, for a thing like off, it's like you kind of owe it to yourself to, to push yourself in a totally different direction and do something completely against what you've ever done. Um, for me, that's what I felt. It's to me the uh, growing up in this industry that's not as small as I am and how little I know about it and little bit I've been involved with it is off is always like this thing. It's like, wow, this is a very important like, I remember uh, the prologue thing, you know, like, prologue's off title was, like, very... Ilias, dude. Was, yeah, Ilias. It was very impressive to me, you know, and and uh, so I'll tell you, actually, a really quick story, because when we went out there, but it was a total of, like, eight months. So when I agreed to say that we'd work on it and Anthony signed on it, that's when I knew it was go time, and then it was, like, we didn't work on it every day, but I, I always thought about it, and then when it when it, it got really heavy um once we started to really push towards it so the last three months of actually the last four months i think so it was like four months of just i mean nobody got paid really just the budget went to just travel and, and airfare and just like you know the shoot itself you know yeah um and I, I have a couple other crazy stories but one of my f most fond experiences of releasing it was uh, we were out in Barcelona and it was, we had a real big problem with the color grading. I, and we had a guy help us out, but he had a hard time really matching what we wanted. And so it kind of fell to pieces because we, we got the edit that two days, it was Thursday. I think we got the edit from him with the color correction. There was a lot of issues with it. So I had to go to Hector and be like, dude, I need the best color grader in Barcelona <laughs> to help us out. And so the day before the event, we spent all day like 14 hours or something like that this um, really amazing studio in barcelona just epic studio really amazing people um metropolitana i think is that is the name of it but this guy was his birthday too the color grader and he was just such a champ and he just ripped right through it. we sat there with him and showed him like no country for old men and uh um 
girl with the dragon tattoo and he just ripped through it and so anyways the next day the next morning uh hector we're supposed to meet with hector because he hasn't seen anything we haven't told him right. anything and this is the time that we release it and show it to him so i go and bring the laptop and plug it in and, and off if you've never been you should really go because um i'm i'm really sad because i was so stressed out and and and, and just kind of depressed and focused on getting this thing where i wanted it to be that i didn't enjoy the the festival at all because i wasn't ready for it and i wasn't even ready for to do it to do a talk either so i apologize to anybody that was there and felt like i didn't produce a good talk you know but um so that morning we went there and and uh i hadn't spent a lot of time at the festival because we'd been out and about and stuff but i get there and, and there's three really big screens and a really amazing sound system in this really awesome building it's a very unique special mm-hmm. building in barcelona Best venue ever it's, i always tell you ash after speaking it off everything else is still <laughs> the bummer yeah, like i said i feel like that I, venue, man you'll never ever speak in a venue like that yeah we'll, we'll we talk about that too because like I, I i felt like i wasn't ready at all for the talk i felt like it was just really weird like i said the, the whole experience if you can imagine yourself walking naked in the dark and then all of a sudden somebody flashes you with a flashlight and there's a whole crowd behind you and you're like Fuck. Right on your balls yeah my balls you know but anyway so we're there and it's in the I'm morning and i'm tired and and uh but i'm hyped i'm like there's a lot of adrenaline pumping through me because this is our child we've created this thing we worked so hard for it and we've flown across the world to show this and be a part of this whole experience you know and so you know it's up there i press play and then anthony and i are walking around and anthony's music is fucking you know just fucking shaking the ceiling there's so much bass and it's just like crazy <laughs> and uh and hector's sitting there in the center about 10 rows back and he's just sitting there with his arms crossed and he's just really focused on it you know and we told him that it was the length of 11 minutes which is this isn't usually they're like three to four minutes yeah <laughs> one, one of them was seven minutes i think but we we didn't intend it for that to be that. It just became that. So anyways, we're sitting there and, and I'm walking around just hearing the sound and looking at the other screens and just seeing how other people would view it and stuff. And so I'm experiencing it and and um, I've never seen it like that. So I'm getting goosebumps because I'm like, oh, all these shots are looking crazy. It's just interesting, you know, like, but I see all the flaws and all these things that I want to change, but it's too late. Obviously, it's now. And anyways, the thing finishes and it's dark and then the scroll goes and the all the crew goes and, and so Anthony and I are standing behind Hector and he's sitting over there to the left in front of us and we we're both looking at each other like oh shit he hasn't moved at all is he pissed <laughs> off you know did we fuck up you know and we're like shit you know and then he gets up and he has tears in his eyes and he's just so like elated he's so happy and I and at first at first I'm like no way are you fucking lying? Are you fucking joking to me? Like, that's what I said. I'm like, are you fucking lying, dude? You know? And, and he's like, no, man, he was, that was really, it made me feel good because he had reached out, took a risk and, and trusted myself and Anthony to do this. And, and he said that he just felt really moved by it. You know, he had felt it's like the same feeling he got when Kyle was there to release prologues in 2009. So that was a really, it was a really cool experience and his, his acceptance and like just his, it was it was for his festival, you know, and it was it was for Anthony and I did have a a creative collaboration, of course, you know that was important, but it was also for his project, you know, for his festival, you know, so it was just really cool getting that kind of response from him, you know, and he really understood it. I didn't have to say anything about it. He got it, he got it, and he didn't need any kind of. He had no questions. He just got it, and that was just really cool. It was it was mm. awesome. So. Yeah, that was one of the cool experiences, and yeah, I would have loved to have been in that. 
Yeah, the venue this year was the same as last year, and it's just that fucking super rad future building with those yeah. floor tubes all all across the ceiling. And it's like beautiful. Best sound system ever, and the three screens, all 1080p projectors. Yeah. The whole thing is just so baller, dude. It's just it so is. Baller. There are some conferences um, that do... Uh, you know, you, they do them in like old theaters, which is really nice. Like uh, reasons to be creative in Brighton does this like old theater. And that sounds awesome. Sound system's incredible, and uh, semi permanent usually does like old old classic theaters. Um, FITC Amsterdam does uh, you know kind of an older older building, but it, it's not quite as epic as the theaters. But uh, FITC Tokyo, hopefully we go together. But that shit that'd be amazing. I really want to go. Cool in 2011 oh God, i think it was in 2011 the end of 2011 that shit was in like a space station it was <laughs> a, like university wow and it, it was just like this giant like egg building it was like this egg egg geo space station thing and that was a that was a really weird speech man because nobody laughs nobody well in japan laughs. that's not it's yeah. just, just you're just talking you, you might as well just be talking to like a black void you know it's just yeah. like nothing there's nothing but uh that's what it was like out there i felt too um i had yeah, spoke was, i had a, so I had spoke out in manila it was an amazing crowd it was like three thousand plus in, people in the mall right no it was uh oh yeah it was in the mall yeah it was it was, it was like, like a part of the mall but it, but it wasn't even like it wasn't even a part of it It was like this huge like arena kind of thing it yeah, was crazy yeah. it was so many people i had them do the wave it was crazy yeah that was, that's that's a good one man i I think I broke Anthony though because he said he'll never do a public speaking again ever. So after off, yeah, he'll never do it again. So, really? Yeah, I think it was a bad experience because we were just too fried, man. We were too, yeah. we were just too ramped up with getting this thing done. And if I were to th- rethink the the formula of how I would have presented all this stuff, I would have gone through and talked the whole time with Anthony, and then I would have showed that I would have hit, pre- I would have pressed play and just walked off the stage. The problem, right. the the fail I did, I think it was my fault, is that, um, well, Hector mentioned that this is the way it would do is show it twice because people are curious about it. So, and because yeah. it is so long and because it is so demanding, it is. It's a very demanding piece because it it demands you to think, it demands yeah. you to, to to question certain things, you know. And if you're not willing to or not wanting to, it's a really shitty experience. People don't like it, you know. So I think what I would have done. If had I done this again, I would have, I would have shown it at the end, hit play and walk off and just leave the whole building, you know, and just let it be, <laughs> just drop the bomb and leave it. Yeah. And, and the, in the future, if this ever happens again, that's exactly how I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do very rock star, like not rock star, but like punk rock style, and just fuck it, just drop mm-hmm. the drop the mic and leave. And right. so I think that's the way to do it. But you do a lot of talks. I mean, you're really you're all over the place doing talks like all the time, and it seems like. Shit, last time I remember texting you too. And maybe you're doing color correction, but you were like out in the UK or something like that too. Uh, you're like I'm, all over the fucking place. Every time yeah, I talk to you, you're like traveling like a fool. Do you get tired of that? I, I remember when I was a kid and uh, my mom was super into like everything spiritual, you know, and she took me to a, a psychic once. Oh, yeah? How was like that? Palm reader and, the, and the palm reader, the first thing the palm reader said to me is she said, you're going to have to learn a lot of languages because you're going to travel a lot. Oh, yeah. And I was, and I was like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> I can barely speak Spanish. <laughs> barely. I can't speak Spanish or shit. You Oof, can limp you, your way around the world can, with I English. Super limp. Super limp style. But, <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, I, I've I've been very 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 fortunate to um, been a part of the conference circuit for over a decade now, and it's just you know you yeah as you know you know through your experiences in Manila and off and uh, the other ones you've done, it's like you the best part of uh, doing these conferences is the people. You know the yeah. other speakers you're kind of in it together, and especially oh, yeah. when conferences are small. You know like Tokum in Munich last year was like six or seven of us you oh, that's know cool. it's just yeah. like such a nice little party group time that you get to you know really get to know you know for three days or however long it is and mm-hmm. if, and then you see these same people that's how i know james white you know we, we were talking about earlier um i know him through the conference circuit i've never actually hung out with him in real life before outside of a conference you know but um mm. you do get to know these people pretty well and then of course when they open up about their work um, you know, that this is what we all do. Like, this is a huge part of our character. So whenever you kind of see these talks and get to know the people behind the scenes and then get to know them when they're presenting, it's a, it's a, it's a really, uh, defining experience to really get to know somebody, you know? Totally. It's, that's, there's a lot of really amazing experiences. I think even the talks are the most dreaded for me because I'm, I just feel like I'm unworthy to be up there, but I feel that I just need to go and do it, you know, but definitely um, experiencing it with all those people and really just embracing that exchange of energy. And like, I I learned a lot just from other creatives, you know, the Manila one was just a really special trip. Um, I wish my family was there with that one because that'd be cool. I really want to bring my daughter next time I do one of these because I think it'd be cool for her to see because I work a lot, you know, and I don't know if she understands like at what level, you know, she always asks me, did you work on that movie? Did you work on that? So it's interesting. She knows that I'm a part of this thing, but I would like her to see like what hard work can turn into, you know, because she's into like competitive dance and she loves like, um, like doing competitions, you know, and crowds and stuff. She loves that. And it would be interesting to see her reaction to her nerdy dad, you know, up there in front of a stage of like, 3,000 plus people and just talking about what I love to do, you know, and so I think it would be really cool. I'm going to try and make that a, a big point. I'm, if I do, if, 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 if that thing lines up with Tokyo, I'd really love to bring my family out there because it'd be an interesting experience, but definitely as far as doing these things, the people and the other speakers are just so rad. Usually there's so some douchebags, yeah. you know, but you know, whatever, what are you going to do? People have their own egos are just kind of weird, you know, so yeah but and then plus you know at the, at the end of the day you know you don't get you don't get paid for them you know but they're yeah. just uh, you get paid just, so much though like in you spirit. get paid so much yeah, yeah. It just, and it's so inspiring like to listen to these <sighs> i saw so bummed i missed like so many know? talks i missed so many and i was just so shattered you because Danny's, at least I, I missed Danny's. I missed so many people because I was like color correcting the fucking thing when it was supposed to be done. <laughs> so I was just like so frustrated, you know. But it it's was a, like it's probably really really fun for you to do um, a proper color grading session. Oh, I've never done it before. I didn't even Isn't understand cool, the process. Man? You know, it was crazy. Did you, uh, did you geek out on the on the waveforms? It was just the Da Vinci thing, you know, and and it was it was so cool, like sharpening my own. I basically with Anthony yep. and our color grader, I was just like, you know, just getting shots continuity wise and then pushing the footage as far as it could go. Like, I can't wait to really work with something with more information. Yeah. Once I can do that, then it's just a lot of fun really, you know, and degrading it and pulling it back. And, and, uh, there's, I was having a good talk with my wife actually tonight after dinner and I was kind of talking about our podcast and I was just saying like 
how I've been doing a lot of reading and research on directors. And I'm like, I don't know if I even want to do this. It seems so grueling, you know, like, like I even was listening to like David Fincher, like even Fincher, uh, with how successful he is, like he has to fight for like everything all the time. It's like, dude, that just doesn't sound like a good life, you know, like it is, <laughs> it just sounds so grueling, you know, like a bad experience almost, you know, where it's like, you're constantly having a battle for that, you know, but maybe some people like that. And, and, and part of me does like to be able to fight for certain things. It's just like at what cost and maybe because I have a family and I know the distraction of that and how important that is to me. It's like, I got to be aware of like how much energy I'm willing to put into something else, you know, and whether it's, whether it's right for me to even try when there's other people. So what that means is I really liked the photography side of things, you know, like I'd love to be like, uh, like what Ben Proctor do, does is pretty cool, you know, like production design, like creating what the world looks like and bringing all the talent in together. Mm-hmm. Cause that's where they really, what helped me shine after Ghost in a Shell, like all the con- all the attention I get from like the movie companies and stuff and the talks I've had from them is understanding the aesthetics of things, you know, because nobody has been able to adapt Ghost in a Shell to that length yet, you know? Yeah, that's true. And I knew there was uncharted territory, so that's why I wanted to do it. And I knew that if I could do it the way I would, which is all on my own steam, or with the rest of the team, it would work out the way that I would want it to be, you know, so, and it kept changing, but long story short is I think directing or that goal of directing is just such a high supreme thing. I really hope that I can at least make um, a couple of films. I'd love to make something even just on the length of like what pie, you know, the movie pie, like Aronofsky's first. Yes. Aronofsky's first like film, his breakaway film um, in the beginning, which I, it was only 65 grand for him to make it. And it was just, I think it's personally as one of my favorites of his, just because there's a lot of risk taking in it because he could take it, you know, and I'd really love to make like something like that where I can raise up enough money to, to take a little bit of risk and not have a lot of, not like have a lot of studio control and just kind of do that. And then, and then either stop doing those or just kind of go off and do my own thing or something. I don't know, but yeah, there, there is no, there is no plan right yeah there's not no, really i mean no, there kind of yeah. is but not really you know so I mean, the plan is just to, to keep going feeling yeah to keep going continue to be inspired and create good work that you love and that you remember and that you you know cherish and then you move on and you do something else and you do something else and, and but there is at least for me personally like i don't have a goal i don't have a plan yeah there's no plan it's just it's completely it's completely nebulous. Do you enjoy you it? Know? Like, do you enjoy that being nebulous? So, do you yeah, feel like that you makes know, you like you more content? It, yeah, it's yeah. it's like spontaneous in a lot yeah. of ways. You know, it's just like I don't know what I'm gonna be doing in a, a you know a year from now or what the there is no end goal. I don't know what the you know I'm just like it, it's just going from project to project and trying to like learn as much as I can and grow as much as I can and have fun doing it. You know and yeah. You're gonna fail. You're gonna you're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna things are gonna bother you. You know that you wish you could change, but you just gotta like live with it and learn from it. As long as you're learning from your, you know, from your mistakes, um, and and just kind of growing. That's what it's all all about, you know. And then when we're all, you know, when I'm 70 years old and I, you know, I have a body of work and all these memories, and I'll be fulfilled, you know. Yeah. Well, you have a you've. I mean. 
just looking at like what you've created and how many people you've interacted with and, and, and just in the design world, I mean, don't you feel accomplished as it is right now? Or do you feel like there's like, there's still um, a lot more to go? I think there's a lot more to go. I the thing the thing that's, that's, uh, that's interesting is aging. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm 38, yeah. you know, and, um, and I, I know that like, I look at some of the stuff that I was like designing when I was 27 and I was just like, Oh my God, I don't think I could do that kind of complexity right now. Like <laughs> it actually is, is, is true. As you, as you get older, you definitely, it's like, uh, you know, it's like UFC fighters. Man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Why? Well, yeah. What's well, maturity though? A little bit and you gotta like, you know, you gotta fight smarter. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't just like brute force it as, as much anymore. And, and, uh, and so, you know, you kind of like, you kind of change a little bit and your aesthetic sure. changes and your techniques change and, and you kind of have that in the back of your head and, and you know what you should delegate now that you're older and what you shouldn't, you know what I mean? And, and it, Wouldn't it be a shame if you didn't though? That's what I think. I think it'd be a fucking shame if you didn't, if you didn't do that, you know, if you didn't have that growth. I think that's what comes with maturity, you know, is, is your yeah. age and, and also like understanding your limitations, but working with them, within them, you know, using them to your advantage. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, so I don't know. It's just, it's, but like I said, there is no end goal. I always kind of fantasize about treating myself to like a master's degree in Berlin. Yeah. I you think know? you mentioned that last time. What's holding you back <laughs> that, from doing that's something not like, like that? fantasy? Oh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm here living in San Francisco because of family and to be close to family. And, yeah, and that's right. the adventure has been, um, kind of for that reason and so all the experiences are, are as a result of that the you know the rewards and and uh and such and so i'm i'm here for that reason and and when it's time to not be here for that reason then i'll probably that's the first thing i'll do you know so if i'm going to move out of san francisco i'm probably going to move to berlin or london and treat myself you know to just treat myself and just you know to a you know a couple years of like no client work, just all freestyling in in Europe. You know, I've, I was a, just love Europe, man. I just Europe's really so love. beautiful, man. It's so Ugh, cool. It's so, so cool. cool. If you're listening, and you haven't traveled to Europe. Please do yourself a favor, it's, get out there, go and travel in general. Like I can't wait. I really want to go to t- Japan. I want to go to Thailand. Like I want to go to China. I want to go everywhere, you know, like there's so yeah, many places so, I want to go. Yeah, One of my favorite so shows is Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown. Have you watched that show? I, I haven't, but it's, I know of it. It's so much fun. He just goes around to different countries and eats awesome food and like talks shit. It's awesome. But <laughs> he does it like how I would want to travel. It's like the commonality between every culture is food because we need it, you know, and people yeah. that's like, you know, he goes to like Lebanon and like Afghanistan and he goes and eats food with the families and he realizes like, you know, these are people, everybody realizes these are people just like us, you know, like don't judge them necessarily, but it's not, he's not being preachy at all. That's what I took from it, you know, but I don't know. I mean, that I think that, um, that sounds like a really cool thing you should think about, you know, like content play. I would love to go back to school too. I think it'd be really interesting. I'd love to go teach too. You ever think about teaching? That's, that's why I would go back to school. So that you can earn that to go teach. Yeah, earn that because then, then it just, it's almost like becoming a parent, you know, it's kind of the same mentality of just instead of, you know, I'm I'm a single guy right now, you know, and I'm freelance. So I'm like, this is like super as, style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just like um, I'm I'm 
a very humble, you know, but a, I'm a very, very humble person, but this is like my setup in life right now sure. is as self-centered as it will ever get because I don't have any dependents. I have my family and friends, but I don't have, you know, a wife or kids or even a full-time job, you know? So yeah. I'm just, I'm very liquid and, and, um, and I love it. You know, I really love it. But at some point, I'm going to be like, you know, I want I want to be responsible for the minds of, you know, these students who I interact with, you know, three times a week and, you know, for six months or however long the semester is. And um, I think that would be incredibly rewarding. But I'm not quite there yet. I still got a, a lot on my plate before I even get to that point. But, um, you know, I think I think that's something that I'm really I'm really keen on. Yeah. Well, well, keen on. You should. You, you should. I think that. um it's you know I think it's important to give back in a sense to the I don't know to the un- younger minds and, and and push them and and, and I don't know like share what you've, what you've learned and, and and experience that with them and also like rekindle your your own youth through that experience you know because exactly there's a, there's an energy there and, oh and tons that, of it you know just, well we're all mirrors of one another it. you know. I mean, I just, I just, I always think back, you know, when I, when I was, I, I didn't really go to an art school. I went to Humboldt State and, you know, in Arcata, California. And, um, it was just, you know, the art program there was not, it was <laughs> Sounds not like my thing. Yeah. pro, you know, um, <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, and this is pre, this is in, you know, I graduated school in 2000. So this is a long time ago. And, you know, the internet wasn't really much of a resource at that point, you know? Yeah. Um, but I just remember when I, I always, when I think now, I just think about when I think about teaching, I think about what it must have been like to be my teacher, <laughs> who, the, the teacher who first showed me Photoshop. Yeah. Because I, I freaked out. Like, I freaked out. I was <laughs> what? Well, you know, like, yeah, what? Same. What? You could do that? What? <laughs> and, it, and I just remember, like, the teacher kind of laughing at me and just being, yeah. like, very probably very fun for them to watch me just like lose my shit yeah and i just i just want to i want to be on the other end of that you know <laughs> i feel like that's just kind of like the the uh the purpose of it but i i'm still like i'm i look at it like i'm i'm still learning so much sure. by well, you, you know, putting myself in these situations that where you know like i'm put it's it's funny man like i was just in a conference uh i was just i spoke in at this conference called ValioCon in San Diego uh, last weekend. You know, I and, missed you. You are supposed uh, to come over for homie I, uh, barbecue. I just, I just got, dude, I got stuck in this resort, and I was like, I'm not leaving this fucking place. This dude, is I don't like, blame you. I, I, it was like really, it was like on Mission Bay, and it was like this. Beautiful the coolest thing about ValueCon was there was like 150 people all staying at the same resort. Wow. And so it was like, it was like being on like spring break. Yeah when you're in high school or something because you're all like you know there's people like when they're flip-flops like oh we're gonna go swim or oh we're gonna go <laughs> skydiving or oh we're gonna go chill out at the spa and or we're gonna be in the hot tub and it's just like we're all on vacation together yeah and it was like really it was like so i was like fuck it dude i'm gonna take a spa day and i like went and got a deep tissue massage and i took a you know took how's a that a nap and it was <laughs> like so i was i was not I was good for you there. probably needed it it was great. It was great. But but the funny, but, but point is, is that, you know, I give this talk and the talk is all about diversity. You know, mm. the talk, the whole talk is about diversity and I'm showing old interactive web work. I'm showing like print design, you know, greatly inspired by Designers Republic and Attic. I'm showing motion graphics work at Prologue and Buck and just like 
covering all spectrums of style. I'm showing like light installations. I'm showing music videos. I'm showing, you know, projection mapping installations with robots. I'm showing the Tron, showing oblivion UI shit. Like one project after the next couldn't be more different. And I swear to God, most of the questions that I got or the people talking were all about the UI. <laughs> fixate people, on it. Just people like, love it. it. Yeah. What is it? What is it? What do you think it is? Because so even like, the Twitter thing, I, I asked people. So honestly, I don't know. It's like I, I think my, my, what I think, my hunch is that people are just drawn to movies. Sure. You know? Well, movies is like the, the, the splooge. The grand you know? it's like, platform. It's, it's yeah. The, Platform. It's like if you're if your shit's in a movie, even if the movie sucks, or like you're fucking, you get, you get like street credit, you know? Yeah. It's like yeah, what the hell? It's kind of like <laughs> what uh, Dilu, my my friend Dilu was on in that. Uh, God, what the fuck was it? It was like, it was like a short documentary about like creativity. It was really well done. It was cool. And he was playing like arcade games and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. it. Yeah, I remember and, that. Uh, and he was talking about you know he's a, he's a really young guy and he's already done the most visible work of his career on Tron. Yeah, and everything from that everything from then on is downhill. And it's so <laughs> like, especially like it's just people people latch onto that shit. You know, sure. they latch onto these films, and so that's that's actually what's compelling me to do another one because it's like you know what you know I'm gonna fucking break off from all these kind of you know, affairs that I'm having and all these different kinds of mediums. And I'm going to go back and do, you know, some giant holograms for another feature film, Yeah, you know, just to kind of do another one, you know, but, um, well, when you have something like I'm that, I'm trying you know. my best, man. I am trying my best right now with <laughs> each project is completely different. That's good. You know, still working with the bot and dolly crew. We're doing another giant robotic, uh, projection mapping commercial, um i'm i'm doing all practical we're doing uh we're actually doing the off titles for cincinnati um cool. coming up and it's just going to be completely different than Good. anything i've ever done it's all 100 percent practical in camera no actors it's all about typography Epic. practical typography awesome. and it's, and it's just it couldn't be completely I've never done anything like that in my career and I'm gathering a, a, a team of, of people that I work with and we're just all going to make this piece and I don't know how it's going to turn out. It's just going to be a complete adventure. We're going to have to work, you know, off hours on the weekends for the love, you know, just the same, same shit. Well, that's what um, they are. Yeah. But just that's what it's projects. about, you know, and it's, and it couldn't be more different. I just did a generative uh, concert visuals for Bonnaroo with a friend, all open frameworks. Um, and then, you know, and then I just finished a music video that was all, you know, kind of hippied out, like girl deep in the woods, you know, like <laughs> in, in I think the big when we, when we had dinner up in San Francisco, were you telling me this story? Was it part of this thing that you were telling me? Was Which it that one? journey? I think you were, I think you were writing something or you wanted to do a short film. Did you just kind of merge it into doing the Tycho video? Was no, that part Tyco of it? No, Tycho was kind of its own thing because it was all based on the song. Okay, gotcha. Know? Yeah. And so I, I listened to the song and just kind of uh, really wanted to make it, you know, as my first music video, I really wanted to uh, pay homage to the artist. Sure. And, and kind of the thing about uh, Scott's music is that it's, it's very much up into interpretation because there are no lyrics. Yeah. Um, the titles of the songs are completely interpretive. You know, one song's called Montana. You know, yeah. it has no lyrics and it's called Montana. It's like, uh, <laughs> did you write the song in Montana? No. Uh, <laughs> it, okay. And then it was, yeah. go ahead and come up with your own 
definition of the song you know he's but, really made a name for himself you know uh, like he's he's, a, he's another exceptional talent uh much like anthony the guy who can design and knows is just you know understands photography design it's like and, no limits or barriers or these yeah guys, you know, you know and he's good. as good as any of us in design but then he's also this just incredible musician and in this incredible person um just a very very special talent how, how did you link up with him I um, meet up randomly. Yeah, I actually met Scott in, in, and this is always a story that I tell too. A lot of the gigs that I, the kind of the, the bigger kind of gigs that I do, um, are all through like the conference circuit. So like Tron, meeting Joe, Oblivion from the from a conference. Met Kyle Cooper at a conference. My first job at Imaginary Forces. Met him in Korea. Um, <laughs> I, my first, my first gig out of college was through a conference, through a new media and vision awards in San Francisco. I met the creative directors of virtual there. Um, and so Scott, I met in a conference in Amsterdam and, uh, you know, we had a good time hanging out and, um, you know, got to know each other there. And then I have been knocking on ghostly's door for a while, um, wanting to be repped as a visual artist on the roster. Um, and ghostly so my, is like, the production that runs that's like a mu- music production it's a label label, a label. Yeah, music label so uh you know Tycho, heathered pearls uh gold panda calm truce who's my favorite solvent um adults they're very cool electro uh bands on on ghostly and so i've been actually knocking on their door um to be repped as a visual artist they represent uh su gwen su gwen chong michael china and then my favorite designer in the universe andy gilmore and so um, I've been just like, you know, hey, check out my work. I want to be on your roster. And they're like, oh, your, your stuff's too much like Andy Gilmore. So you got to figure that out. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, OK, cool. And then, uh, you know, and then somewhere down the road, they're like, oh, we got a music video for you. Do you want to work with Scott Hansen? And I was like, oh, shit, you know, I know Scott. That'd be great. And so um, that's kind of where um, that gig came about. And that was about, uh, you know, I think we released the video in the middle of May, I think a week before your off titles. And, uh, and that we got, we got that, uh, I got that email from ghostly in December. And so we, we wrote a treatment by, you know, by the end of December and then, you know, planned January, February shot in March and then, uh, edited and, and finished it in May. And also, you know, that's when I was in London, I was actually doing color, um, at Glassworks with this, with this young, amazing colorist named Matt Hare. And that was when, um, another, you know, we've been talking about learning this whole time, but once, well, I, I, I've never really done, like I've done color before, you know, but not like on, you know, on nuke and, and flame. And once on Inferno at IF, we had an Inferno. So we do grading there. Oh, really? Um, you guys use all that shit? Fuck. Yeah. They had, they had an Inferno at IF. They had a, a this dude named Rod Basham was the Inferno artist and Andy Dill was another one. And so they would do all their grading on the, on the flames and Infernos. But, um, fuck man. What, being exposed, I think it was called Base Light, which was it's kind of like a, a you know Da Vinci Resolve. It's kind of in the same family. Uh, um, being exposed to that was a game changer. Yeah, was a game changer for me. Watching, I geeked out so hard on those on those uh, on the on the the waveforms, you know, the scopes and 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 just watching the three channels and watching him manipulate them and what happens to the values. You know, it's all about values in the in the three channels. It's basically what color is. It's the you know RGB, the values of each channel, and then kind of like you know you got your saturation graph. But it's all about just like spreading out the values 
per channel and mixing the channels and how you, you know, adjust color by kind of adjusting the balance of the three channels and pulling things out is just fucking incredible, man. It's just so nuanced and it, you it's know, amazing seeing the before and after too, you know? Oh God. Yeah. So good. <laughs> and, uh, and just, you know, we are, we are image makers. That's what we do. You know, as designers, we are, I, I still, well, I'll never call myself a director, dude. I'm a designer and I am a designer because my life is defined by design. It is not defined by film. It is not defined by anything else. It is defined by design. The way I run my life, dude, the way I organize myself, my my charts, my graphs, my documents, my the way I do my clothes and my shoes, like everything I do, Ash, in life, not just on the computer, but in life is all based on design. Hmm. It's all, and, and it just- Fully it's embrace just, it. It's It's just who I am. It's yeah. just what it's just what, what it's just who I am. I am I am kind of completely psycho, <laughs> you know. And that's why I, you know that's what. And I'll always be like this, you know. Like I'll always be just like crazy about design and symmetry and order and organization. And it's just what I live for. And it's it's strange. It's just I was, and that's how I know that I was born to do this. Yeah, because you know passion for it. Because I'm yeah I'm just I'm seriously like I'm really. It's really not normal in a lot of ways. <laughs> no, um, it's not. It's, you know, it's definitely it's a, a degree of like, and and it's all because of like I actually it, I th- I think it's because I started off as a web designer and like a really like hyper detailed like super inspired by like attic dr and craftwork and really did these like crazy pixel art e boy style flash animations that had this like really ridiculously dense style and just ever since like that's where like my design foundation started from and then it kind of you know kind of exploded that's why ui is is so familiar to me and grids are so familiar to me because i always started i started designing on a pixel level it wasn't like i started with photography or i started with you know filmmaking it was always like pixels and 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 really micro pixels like making pixel art like e-boy style and, and icons and just crazy shit but um, but yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I just, it's just what's going on, but I, I would like to actually, um, talk about the Tyco experience a little bit. Yeah, please do. Um, you know, I just, I, so, you, I so we so got, you honest. guys met and then, so later on the ghostly thing. And yeah. Then, you know, so I, I wrote this treatment and, and, you know, going back to my comment about design. Can you elaborate on your treatment thing? Because yeah, that, that's what I was going to, that's okay, what I was going to say. And, you know, because I'm kind of grounded in design, one thing I did is in the treatment, you know, I, I talked about kind of, you know, the global theme and, 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 and story and kind of concept of the piece. The song was called C. And so I wanted what I was really drawn to the seed idea of the thing was the story of this girl who wakes up and she is seeing um, beyond the visible spectrum. And so, you know, the visible spectrum is, is, is kind use of those cameras, right? Those over cranked ones. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, um, so not only is she seeing in a full spectrum, so she's seeing the ultraviolet spectrum and the infrared spectrum, but there's also a character that she's seeing that doesn't exist. It's beyond the visible spectrum. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I love this idea of like, you know, I love, I always love POV. I love, uh, films you know like that always do the pov like enter the void is one of my favorite and it was just all about i haven't seen it It seems so oh my god bro what's wrong with you i just i'm so afraid to watch it because i just it just seems like it's super heavy (laughs) jesus 
in some films, um, I'm emotionally pushed by certain things, you know, and if they, they can I have to be in the right mood for it, you know. I'm I'm gonna watch it though. Actually, try to watch it this. Are you gonna week. watch it? And they're gonna fucking. That's fly good. that's a that's Mo's film, EMT right? with Gaspar Mo's bad. thing. Oh my god, it's so good! It's so good. He did another really savage film too. What was it called? Uh, fuck, what's it called? About a woman the getting raped and shit. Isn't it the Antichrist? There's Antichrist. That- I think that's somebody else. No, I don't know. It's, I could look at the computer, but I'm too lazy. Yeah, it's, I, I know. Talk. <laughs> People I, I know, guess, you know what you're talk, we're talking about. But sorry, so you're. So so yeah so so she's I wanted all to different things. So yeah so she's so I want I love this idea of this POV, POV and she's and she encounters this character that's kind of like her muse throughout the story. But then when we're watching it, there's never anybody there, right? So it's always there's like for instance, there's a moment in the film when this man's embracing her and she's shivering, and then we cut wide and she's shivering by herself. But when you look through her eyes. There's this man right in front of her, touching her face, you know, and and that's kind of the that's kind of the that's kind of the 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 mechanism for the for the for the music videos. We you know she wakes up, she has all these objects that kind of when she looks at them through her kind of you know full spectrum vision, they're doing things that we we're just like oh that's just a block of wood I don't see shit, and then when she's looking at it, it's glowing and leading her you know through the woods to a sacred ritual site, and um, you know flares become new things, and this tablet opens and there's you know, kind of this the inside of the tablet is blah blah blah. So it's this whole this this whole thing. But that the seed idea is is that she's seeing this person and, and these kind of things around, you know, our environments that we we as the audience don't see. And and I, and that was kind of the the core idea. So we so we explain that and we explain kind of the the film technique we're gonna use. We're gonna use a modified epic that, you know, has you know the DP. I, I worked with Joe Picard, um, who's a, a becoming a really great him? friend of mine. What's that? How did you meet Joe? Oh, I met Joe at a company called Autofuss in San Francisco, where um, Autofuss and Bot and Dolly are sister companies. And so Bot and Dolly was is where I've actually been there ever since I moved to San Francisco in February of last year. I've I've been at Autofuss going in daily. So I haven't been like I'm 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 actually really jealous of your situation. You know, being a freelancer. You know, working in the basement in, in peace and quiet, and having nobody talk to you, um, <laughs> and you know, and getting your shit done, and that—that's a whole other. Maybe we'll 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 touch on that. Yeah. Uh, the pros and cons of like you know sure. being a company versus a freelancer, because I I think about that all the time, man. Do like, you? I'm, oh my god, yeah, I, think I can't about work at a company this. anymore. Honestly. Oh, dude, it, bro, it, you spend so <laughs> much time getting talked to and distracted and meetings and phone calls. But then on the flip side of it, you know, there's there's definitely pluses to it great interaction with people you know yeah it's great interaction with people and and you know there's there's it's a very rich experience and the reason i went to um auto fuss and bought at the beginning is like oh i'm just moving to a new city i don't want to just like live in my basement and talk to my you know you know only see my four friends that i go to burning man with you know in the city (laughs) i want to do something a little more it's a little you know experience something a little more rich in the city so that's why i went to this company and i've stayed there ever since because it's a fucking cool company and it seemed like they're really progressive they understand yeah really progressive and the the first project that i did there was box with bot and dolly which oh so powerful so good fucking hardcore you know <laughs> just like hard. shit blew up man that shit went crazy everywhere and with, as i knew it would you know with good reason because of course you know, it's great from a technical from a technical level oh, it's there's powerful no company there's no company in the world that can do that no that understands it at that level too i mean there's a lot of people that have you know those i've seen those arms used you know obviously because mm-hmm. i'm in automotive and it's they're big and automotive, those big hydraulic arms, those yeah. 
but nobody's like said hey let's make art with it you know it's like finally yeah Really, finally really. and but they did it just so classy and it's just so like it combines so many things it really just is awesome it's a really beautiful piece yeah one of my one of the my favorite projects that i've ever worked on no doubt and it, just to be able to design that project you know like the, yeah, i had nothing to do with the technology nothing to do with like figuring that out or you know that was already in place when i got there i was just like but they're like this needs to be designed and yeah <laughs> and, you know, and i was like Fuck, you no problem you know yeah no enter the and, enter your own void in that thing you know exactly dude and 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 just you know and, and telling kind of you know doing the figuring out the build you know the 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 edit kind of the the crescendo and uh the different acts you know the principles of magic and there's a it was a great a great experience and i could talk at length about it it's actually really fun to present that at conferences now because um there's so much to it you know it's like the new it's like the new solar sailor but um <laughs> anyways I, I was I, I wanted to just kind of um yeah finish your thoughts on the Tycho thing yeah, so um, you talking about Joe and how you met the DOP and the footage. Yeah, Joe and and Joe Joe and I kind of and and Ian, I had a, a core a core of four, and, and you were talking about during off that you had your core your core team. Yeah, and yeah. just all four of you are sharing the same passion and vision, you know, and nothing can break you, you know, yeah. nothing can break that bond between your core group. And I had a, a group of four um, that nothing could break our bond. You know, we just all believed in this project and nothing could break us. You know, we were unstoppable together. It wasn't just me, you know, it was, it was these, this group It's actually four plus one. We were called, we were called the Quattro and then, uh, Connor, um, was kind of the fifth, the fifth. And he, he was the one that designed all the props and designed all the practical effects that we did, like the projection tunnel. And, um, you know, we did a bunch of other little practical experiments, um, so he was kind of the fifth one, but the four, the, you know, us four are the ones that went to the woods, you know, and, and shot for four days and just could, nothing could break this bond. And it was just a very special bond, you know? And so Joe was one of the four and we, you know, we, 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 I, you know, figured out all these camera techniques and Joe's, Joe's the guy that kind of was pushing, you know, the, the full spectrum and all these different things. And, um, he's kind of like a mad scientist, you know, like he's just really incredible in that way. Um, and he'll be a collaborator for forever. You know, awesome. just, he's just, he's, I will never, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm very like loyal, you know, and, and when people, when people, um, do me right, I, I, I return that, you know, and Got so it. yeah. it's your family, you know, you know, it's family, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and so, yeah, we, we, you know, we submit the treatment to Scott and Scott's so chill, you know, he's just is like, I love this, you know, go <laughs> it, you know, he goes, he's like, here's $5,000. It's like, okay, great. That's not really going to cut it. <laughs> That's like burrito money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really cool. We could rent the camera for half, you know, for half a day. And that's cool, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get us a damn camera. But, yeah. um, you know, was able to raise uh, some money through my through my London reps, Ground Control, who are, are wonderful and um, much like you guys did with Topics. You know, the production company kind of. Um, hats off to them you know to show something on their reel um so yeah so we go and and i just want to talk mostly about i don't want to really talk about like the creative or the successes of it i want to talk about the failures because i think that's what um what i I just want to talk about what i learned and kind of what i failed at and and so you know overall you know every you know we all love the piece and i I stand by it, you know, and, and I, I had a lot of fun making it and I, I still watch it and I'm like, oh, you know, this is, you know, like there's a lot of things that I think are really beautiful about it. Um, 
but there's also a lot of failures and, and that's what I actually really want to talk about. But I don't, this isn't like a, you know, no offense to Maxim or anything. I'm not like apologizing for anything, you know, like I, I, I stand by the piece. I believe in the piece. Um, what are you talking about? Bo- the box thing or the no, no, psycho? I'm just saying, like with, uh, with the Jupiter thing, how he kind of publicly apologized for the film. I, I was really, he did? I, didn't, I didn't know that. Oh, Maxim did. Yeah. So you're talking about it, Jupiter too. Yeah. I didn't like that. I was like, you should never apologize for your work. Like, no, 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 no. That's that's listening to people t- way too much. Yeah, yeah. Not, that's not why we. You should never be sorry for the work you do. Fuck that, especially a passion project. Like, fuck that. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's not what it's about. Anyway, I, I don't <laughs> know him personally. I I reference his work a lot. And he is a huge inspiration to me, and I've. We're just talking about um, for those of you who don't know, we're talking about Maxim Zeskov. I think that's how you say his last name. He's Russian designer, incredible talent, super talented oh. dude. I actually worked and helped him on the really early beginning stages of Jupiter, and then he disappeared, and and then two years later he released it. And I'm like, <laughs> like, damn, dude, where did you go? You know, so yeah, but yeah. He went. He I know that was a really bad experience for him. So, but sorry. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what he's related to me. I don't know. Um, I'd like to try to get him on the podcast, but he mentioned his, his English isn't the best, so you know I don't want to force him into it. But sorry, I didn't realize that. I just was kind of trying to get clarity. I didn't know what you're talking about. So. Yeah, no, no. But I just what wanted do you do that? A motionographer or something? Um, I think it was on his Facebook page. Oh, he just did like a public like I'm sorry. Public thing, yeah. Uh, what you know, what happened from that? People like that's right. You're sorry. <laughs> or people I, are like I, fuck. Who I cares? Don't comments, dude. So yeah, I don't. Again. I don't know. Good for I just you. Saw you know, because I follow him on Facebook, and I think I think it was on Facebook, but I saw I saw him apolog- you know, doing a kind of a apolog- I think it was pretty much it was on Facebook, but um, anyway, so I I like I just want to say that I I definitely not like, doing that. I'm certainly not doing that, okay. but um, I You're but doing I, it for I, I it's valuable to um, you know, talk about what I learned and what I would do differently. Cool, um, I'll riff with you then because people I have are gonna are gonna get the most out of sure, and so um. It's funny, man. Like, as as a director, you can't. There there are like, you gotta you gotta really like think ahead in a lot of ways, right? So <laughs> absolutely. And so, and so, um, and so when we were in casting, you know, the 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 the, the kind of the setup is okay. A bunch of dudes going out to the woods for four days, all camping together. No hotels. We're saving money. We're getting like, you know, we got to cook. It's like a bar- garbage bag full of condoms and that's it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Joey. <laughs> I called dibs on Joe tonight. <laughs> I don't even um, know him. I'm insulting him. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Sorry, um, you're saying. You're no, camp- so, so like the, the setup. So, so the types of people that are going to come out with us need to be People who can kind of hang, sure. you know, because it's not going to be the most comfortable setup. It's like we're we're camping in Big Basin, which gets rained on a lot, you know, <laughs> and so um, and so we cast we cast this girl Hannah, and God bless Hannah, she was she's wonderful, and she how had did you these get eyes. how did you What's cast that? her? Like how well, did we you... just you know we just um, in San Francisco we hired uh, somebody Craigslist thing or something. No, no, no. We hired um, this girl named Kristen Beck, who was like a casting agent. Okay. She helped us find the talent, and um, and so we we cast we cast our our two leads. And Hannah, God bless her, you know, was just such a trooper, and she had these incredible eyes and this amazing intensity about her. 
Um, and just for, for someone who needed to see this kind of wild, you know, it's very psychedelic in a lot of ways because when you, oh, yeah. that's, you what I, that's what I took from it. Yeah. Yeah. When you take psychedelics, you are essentially seeing beyond a visible spectrum. Yeah. You're in a different seeing, dimension. I imagine you're in a different, different dimension, especially the really strong psychedelics, which is another podcast. Um, <laughs> but so, so the way she would look at things during casting was really convincing. And it was like, I felt like I, I believed it when I looked at her. You know, I believed it. Yeah. And the one knock on Hannah, and I remember in our casting notes, was, and Hannah, if you're not going to listen to this, but if you do, I, I love you, you did an amazing job. The one knock on her was that she never closed her mouth. And I kind of like, I kind of like was talking to the quattro and I was like, you guys, like Hannah's perfect. But she never closes her mouth. It's always open. And I'm, and I'm just kind of worried about that because she always looks so surprised with her mouth wide open like that. And it's just the way she is. She's like one of those, you know, she's Danish and she's got like a really full, full, like full lips and full big teeth and just like a big mouth, you know, like it's just the way she is. And, and yeah. she's a beautiful girl, a wonderful mm-hmm. girl, and amazing attitude. And I, it's funny because one of the mistakes that I made as a director is that on set, while we were filming, I never really made it like I, I would always kind of like, Hey Hannah, you know, keep your mouth shut, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like, close your mouth. Like don't, don't look you know so surprised, but it would always just kind of like revert back to that as she would kind of get in the throes of what she was doing. Yeah. She was. And then mind. I just kind of gave up. I was just like, fuck it. She's just going to have her mouth open. And that shit came back to bite me. So oh, haunts you big time, big time. Yeah. Because every, you know, the big, the big, criticism that i've received from my circle my inner circle was that the girl always it looked like she was overacting because her mouth was open all the time and it was something that i just kind of like let go on shoot because it just like we would kept we could never like nail it because it was never really natural for her yeah i I have a line for you that will stick with you that i learned from brad bird while watching him making the the incredibles i think Mm-hmm. He, and it's a line that he got from somebody else. I know it's not his originally, but this is something that I remember, and that's what I deal with when I was making it too with Anthony. Is 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 um, pain is temporary, but film is forever. Mm-hmm. If you really th- sit and, and let that soak in, and you go, okay, this might be painful for me to be a dick right now, or I don't want to be a dick right now, but I have to because I'm going to regret it later. If I'm not feeling it now, I'm going to feel it a thousand times heavier later on in editing. You know, because that's, that's all the tools that I have is just you right now being that person doing that thing. It, yeah, in that moment, man, you gotta yeah. you gotta be present. I, I actually read a, a really interesting. Uh, I watched this really interesting video by one of these. Uh, I forgot the director's name actually, but he was just talking <laughs> about like when you go out on set, shit gets crazy, and <laughs> you're dealing with variables, and you're making quick decisions, and you're moving really fast, and you're you're back and forth and you kind of like lose yourself a lot of times you know, i you lost just, myself yeah yeah and and he said that it's you need to before you go out on set you need to not you know because all of us we have shot lists we have shot sheets that we, doesn't mean we shit have schedules <laughs> doesn't mean shit it doesn't no. what you need to do is you need to write yourself notes yeah that that you need to always refer back to all the time priorities like 15 times a day priorities yeah. and and always go back to those and be like make sure you're doing that make sure you're doing that make sure you're doing that make sure that because uh on set dude 
variables take over and then you just kind of like compromise or you just yeah you, just, you, you cave do this, in and it like you said it, it comes back to kill you so the one big regret that i that i really wish i would have addressed was just kind of her performance wasn't bad but i needed to control it more yeah you need so to I be i needed to just pay, pay more attention and not just say fuck it her mouse can be time. Fuck. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, it's like that's just the worst. You know, that's the worst thing that I could have done, and it, it totally came back. Well, what you're probably thinking is that people might be looking at other things, but when you realize it, is that when you have talent in front of the glass, that's the people are gonna look right at her eyes, and they're gonna look at her facial expression second, and they're gonna experience that. And whatever she's putting out to them, if it's always one note, they're gonna be like, oh fuck this, is one note, you know. People want that versatility, you know, like you're saying that maybe that people were reacting to and your compromise, like how you said you felt it later on. It's like, yeah, dude, <laughs> it's a pain in the butt, man. It's yeah. so challenging, you know, it's because really challenging. And, and that that's but the beautiful thing about it. This is the beautiful thing about it is mm. that can you imagine a if I'm ever going to make that mistake again? Definitely not. Definitely not. B, yeah. Now I'm even more inspired to really explore character development and to really try to get the, a really like amazing performance out of somebody, you know, like, oh, and to really work on that because that's where I really, you know, like I can make an image look good. I, that's, make an yeah. image look good. that's what we do. Yeah. We're designers. That's what we do. That's what we're good at. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the things that we're not good at that I needed to put the most attention to, yep. you know, like I'm not, you know, like I've made film, you know, I was, I, I did took film classes in school and I was a double major and I, you know, I was a film major, but it, that wasn't really acting. That was like me and my friends and fucking, you know, ski masks, killing each other with chocolate syrup, black and white, 16 millimeter film. That's not <laughs> acting, you know, or, or like, you know, directed dance pieces or like little short films when I was fresh out of college and living in London. Like none of this is like really like pro acting, you know, it's like all or pro it's, it's like I've always been good at making images, but I, but I, the one thing that I need to really challenge myself on is narrative, uh, pacing. You know, yeah. pacing, pacing's huge. That's what I loved about Editing. your off titles is the pacing is amazing. It drags it a bit for some people, but it's supposed to. You know, no, but and, the music keeps you in it, man. It's yeah. not. It's it's the it's that mix between that. It's supposed to make you feel like ten. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's just it, yeah. that's that. Like I, I actually took an incredible amount of inspiration from your off titles, and just in terms of the tension and the pacing, because the way I cut the Tycho video was just really fast, really, really fast, snappy. Every shot was two to three seconds and that's just how i cut yeah you know, that's how i've always cut i'm you gotta have a real reason you know fast yeah. fast editing and like total like chris cunningham style it's i've always cut like that. <laughs> you know i've always yeah. cut like that and i just you should the, try the, not like, next time limit yourself and exactly, see what happens exactly. <laughs> that's the other thing is just to really like slow down you know slow down that's and just what you want you know and space it out um that's the other like challenge that's the other thing that i really um, you know, that the other, the other big lesson that I learned, um, for the Tycho video was that, um, as a director and, and as a director, you never necessarily want to cut your own stuff. And I know Anthony cut, you know, the off titles, but what my inner circle told me when they watched the edit, they're like, you know, you're, there's a lot of things. This is a very, very like clean, structured like almost too linear edit. You need to get a different editor in here to break your narrative, to just destroy 
your narrative and then piece it back together and show you different interpretations of your narrative. Yeah. Because they're saying as the director, you're so attached to your narrative and you're so attached to these nuances that nobody is ever going to notice yeah. that you're actually compromising your piece. Yeah. And they told you that, you know, four days before I was going to London to do color. And um, <laughs> one of my other regrets is that, you know, I should have, what, what people do in, in filmmaking is they, they do an edit, they have a screening for, you know, for their circle, they go back and adjust the edit. And I just didn't really have the time yeah. to make like sweeping changes to the edit that my inner circle was telling me to do. And so from a, like a scheduling standpoint, I just wouldn't have rushed the most important part of the film, which is the edit, you know? And I just like did it in like a week on my own in my basement. It was really quite fun. Um, but I needed that extra week to address feedback. Sure. And so, and that was something that I didn't build in, build into the schedule and the piece suffered for it because it never really, it, I just, I, I left out a lot of shots that should have gone in there. I should have broke the narrative. I should have gotten way more abstract with it. She got way more. It's a, plus it's a music video. You know, it's like a music videos are supposed to kind of be broken in a way and just kind of like not really, you know, you're, it's more about like the style and the, and, and the beauty than it is about like really captivating someone to story, you know, like, well, you know, there's, there's a lot of good examples of both of those. Like there's like smack my bitch up, which is a very simple concept, but it's a really brilliantly executed kind of thing. You know, that's why I love Michelle Gondry. Michelle Gondry has a lot of those kind of things, his work. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess I mean, it's a all lot about of the feel. Videos, though, are about like a technique and like a really simple narrative and just to sure. try to like weave this like really deep kind of, thing and all you know these different meanings and and basically like there was so much like stuff that we wrote into this narrative that no one would ever get you know it would have to be like a 12 minute film for people to really like get it sure you know of course and to have like all these like cause and effects that was the other thing is like you know all these things are happening why are they happening you why know, are like, they what happening caused this why what caused that you need more time to like develop that instead of just like whipping through this like really fast montage but um, yeah. Those are kind of like the most important lessons. And, you know, it's actually inspired me to kind of go um, much darker, much slower, you know, to, and, and I, and I, you know, I'm already writing another short that I actually don't want to do for a music video. I just want to make a short film Good, you should. to just allow myself that space to not like attack, you know, I was really listening to Scott's music and his aesthetic. I really wanted to do this bright kind of faded um, Northern California kind of, thing and i and i and i kind of took myself away from like what my kind of core aesthetic is you know and even though it was a beautiful thing to challenge myself to make such a delicate um you know stylized kind of bright outdoorsy piece um i think that i'm really now eager to go dark and electric and just kind of like vicious perverted absurdist you know, like all speak the, your voice, all you know, yeah, speak exactly. your voice, let your exactly. voice shine. You know, I think that's really the, the, the thing that you're, you're getting at here, I think is that, you know, we're all embraced with these different things and it's good to challenge yourself and put yourself in adversity. It's also very important to have your voice and have your pure intention, you know, and like having your exact, like what your intention is. So at the end of it, you're like, well, this is my intention, you know, like whether you like it or not, it's just like you know, that's it, you know, and it's what it is, you know, and that's good that you're, I really appreciate um, hearing that you're learning from these things because um, 
I think that just shows your mental capacity for growth and it shows that you're able to develop, you know, and that's why you're still at the head and the leading of your game with what you do because you're willing to acknowledge that what you're doing isn't perfect and that what you need to do is grow and be open to the possibilities of change and stuff. And that was the name of the game, at least for the both of us, I think it seems like, is there's adversity and, and, and adjusting to it. Another thing that I thought was really interesting and, fun, and, and funny too is that how ironic it was that we kind of had similar themes and kind of similar settings, but when you put two different filmmakers on something similar, look at the different results, you know, like how different and vastly different, you know, um, yeah. it's like, that's the thing I really love about art is you can give two people, you know, two painter, two artists, a canvas and, you know, two different colors. You put them in a room, you come back out of that after two hours, it's totally different experience from each one and different applying meanings. And that just goes to show you how the human mind works. You know, it's a network and it's just a way it strikes just through different, you know, neurons are firing and there's these different stimuluses that are occurring, you know, and that's to me is really the fascinating point, you know? Well, and that's, that's also like, you know, people get really competitive with each other and people get insecure and they get weird. And, and, and especially in, in the workplace, you know, you see that a lot when people are all working together and people get really competitive with each other and they're all trying to like one up each other and quote unquote climb on top of each other, climb up the ladder. And, um, what you need to realize is that everybody's unique, man. Everybody's got their own voice and nobody, you can't compare one person to the next. Like you can't compare my work to your work. You can't because each one of us is completely unique. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. That's what art is. Is like everybody's got a different interpretation and that's the beauty. Nobody's better than anybody else. You know, like that's that that's it. You know, that's why I'm not like of course we're all naturally competitive with each other and I actually channel that kind of energy that I feel, that competitive energy just into motivation. That's yeah. all I I never get down on myself because someone else is quote unquote better than me, you know, like everybody has their own path, you know? Um, and so I, I just channel it into inspiring me and driving me to keep on creating and improving, you know? Yeah. We're never, we're never gonna, we're never, there's, there's, there's two golden rules that I kind of like exist by, you know, is like work, work hard, stay humble is like, that's, you know, that's the fucking t-shirt. Right. But yeah, there's always going to be somebody better. Like you and I are never going to be as good at UI as Ilya. <laughs> yeah, or like guys that are we, they're, that don't even we don't even or know Danny, yet. Or yeah, they're fucking yeah. They're just you know, they're they're living with the Sasquatch. Sure, you know, you know there's just there's never, people that are on their own level. We'll never be as good of filmmakers as David Fincher, but it doesn't fucking matter because we all have our own path, you know. And as long as we're having fun and learning and growing. Who knows where we're going to end up? Nobody knows where we're going to end up. You yeah. Know? Well, I would That's I would say that never that. never say never, but I think it's definitely what you're saying. I think what I'm getting from it is that like we it's you can't necessarily compare yourself to those people. You just have to be yourself. Well, but you you use those comparisons to motivate yourself. Sure, I use it completely because like if I just sit there and listen to all, like a bunch of David Fincher's commentary and I go like, "Well, I really like that film," before I even cared about film at this level. I knew that there was something that spoke to me, so I should really figure out what it is as a person that's trying to do it now, why it's still speaking to me, and how the how do you put the ingredients together. And out of all the commentary, all the stuff that I learned from all my teachers, all these guys, it's just that 
it's all about just endurance and um, commitment, you know, like yeah. endurance and commitment. commitment dude. Yeah, because these guys are committed like to the thick, you know, all the way to the end, you know. And there's like, you know, like that compromise that you said you had with the mouth open, you know, the with your actress, you know, mm. like that doesn't happen to those guys. It does happen to them and they just go nope you're not doing this in my film <laughs> you yeah. know and then they're like we're fucking fixing this right now or yeah. we're not having this happen you know and and um maybe that's what i don't even know what that would be necessarily it's just like they can, their conviction and their commitment to their thing you know and that's also just miles and experience you know and like that line like i said with brad bird like if you watch um the incredibles it's actually a perfect animated film it's perfect like it's yeah. it's like there will be blood for animated films for me you know it's like it's yeah, so cool. like there was yeah. no there's no thing i would change about it it's and i and and i critique and analyze everything everything you know and it's such a perfect tight little film and um his line in there that always stuck with me is like you know pain is temporary film is forever and it made me realize that the pain that you're feeling temporary which is like you know lack of sleep or or offending somebody or whatever it might be it's just temporary the, but the film itself the thing that you're doing is going to live on forever and it's going to be that thing that'll haunt you forever and so that's always been my thing i'm really i'm really thankful and, I, and i'm glad that i teamed up with a guy like anthony to create this together because he really helped teach me a lot of things you know like i learned so much part of me and i think certain certain friends of mine or maybe even some of uh, fans of my work were hoping that i would just do my own thing and and i don't regret working with anthony because a i i totally he's one of my favorite like people so i like i really enjoy our any time i get to 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 build with him and then b it was just it was such a really cool experience you know um just learning in general and putting all my guards down and realizing that hey i'm here to learn i'm not here to be an asshole dictator guy and and i and i never was you know i was just there to grow and learn and everything that needed to get done got done the best that we could you know and and it was just a ton of learning you know ton i can't wait to get out and do more you know like we're working on a bunch of different films right now and it's just a matter of time the only thing that's in our way is just getting a little bit of funding really and uh getting linked up with the right actors i think right now there's a there's a slew of amazing talent that are not happy with the the films that are out there they want it to be challenged you know that's what i thought was really interesting i haven't seen her film but the scarlett johansson is her name she's in the um under the skin and then there's like jake jake gyllenhaal who just did enemy it's like these are really artistic interesting films i i, I did see enemy i, I enjoyed it but to me it i want to find an actor like that who i can work with that has that capability behind the glass to really push through yeah and i want to take a risk like with a a story a concept that's as risky and crazy as pie and really push things you know push my own my own concept of things but i think that i mean we are talking about goals and, and and all that stuff and for me i do have certain goals that i would like to accomplish and one of them would be, it, as of now, it'd be really cool to create my own book, and then also to create a feature-length film. Not even if it has to be released in in cinema or whatever, but it, I would like to create something that is on that level where I'm telling a story and I'm pushing people emotionally. In order to get there, it's going to be an interesting, interesting path. But I'll get there eventually. It's just a matter of time, 
you know, it's all about commitment, man. You, you want to do it, you'll do it. Oh, absolutely. You know, like the year of prologue, it's like I was committed to doing it. And therefore, like I was able to, to, to grow tremendously fast, you know, and, and put myself in a situation where I can just work from home on whatever I really want to do. So setting myself up for that. So the next one is just, you know, I think the ghost in the shell kind of helped sh- get me on the radar for some of these dudes. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, um, talk is cheap, you know, and it's all about like getting shit done. And so at the end of the day, it's like, what effort did I put towards that? You know? So if I listen to tons of film commentary and I read, you know, a book on like, like Eisenstein or something like that, and I put some time into it, then every day I'm putting time towards that goal and it's going to work out eventually. And even if I have to do like a Kickstarter thing and people are interested in seeing like a really fucking crazy thriller, like psychological mind fuck and they want to, they want to support it then I can make it, you know, I'll make it happen. The guy that did, um, who did, uh, fuck, what do you do that movie? I liked it. A lot of people hated it, but I thought it was really cool, and I was really uh, stoked on that way the guy did it. But he did uh, he did that one with the time machine. He did it with his brother, like super cheap, like crazy cheap, and he just did another one. Fuck, it's going to kill me. I have to find it right now. Um, fuck, it was a time machine. Uh, Black Mirror? No, Black Mirror is an amazing show. I love that show. I'm trying to think of the fucking guy. What's his name? Because he just did another one where he released it, and I and I really enjoyed it, but a lot of my friends and just people in general hated it. And I just thought it was really cool because I love that kind of story. And, and the way that he did it is he just he figured out how much it was going to cost for, just for the film stock, and he just saved up and kind of like budgeted everything out like to a T. He's a mathematician. I think that's what his original... Oh, his original awesome. thing is, I know you must have seen his films. It's gonna drive me nuts until I figure it out. Fuck, I'm gonna find it right now. IMDb, but uh, I don't know. That's just kind of a thing. And how are you gonna kind of go about figuring out your next like a next thing? Because it sounds like you're eager to get back into it. Because it, it seems like you know maybe the UI thing is really funny for us. I guess it's because it does kind of come easy for us or something where I guess, I guess it doesn't come easy for other people or like, that's what people spaz out about. But like, it sounds like we're both like we're, we're in love with the temptress of like making film because we both know deep down it is the, 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 it's the king. It's the king. It's the ultimate form. challenge. Yeah. It's the ultimate challenge. The ultimate challenge. So why do we suck that we can't <laughs> we can't just like go hey let's just do UI like that's the one thing I really admire about like Jace like Jace Hansen is like he is just loves UI so much and I'm like ah you know like okay this is cool I I enjoy some of some parts and aspects of it the most important part I love is like collaborating and pushing the boundaries you know yeah and pushing things like when I was working with Ryan on Total Recall I was like this is fucking cool because we're really pushing concepts but even then it was like i wasn't even working in the same room with him you know but i if i get in a chance to really push something heavy i want to be in the same room as like really strong minds and i just want to push that shit to the fucking maximum and then i just want to like exit that shit <laughs> be like all right I mean, we officially UI closed still, it ui is still really fun because it's really hardcore design you know like you know the grids and oblivion and the holograms in tron that was all very fun um it's just it's just um and it, and it's really really rewarding to work with these direct like working with joe personally being working in his office and seeing joe every day yeah you know and on tron seeing him every day work with eric barba and craft these beautiful perfect I you know, work with eric shots. eric's great 
Eric's the best, dude. Yeah. Um, I love his shirts. And uh, <laughs> I haven't met him yet. I was supposed to work on a, something with him recently, or uh, actually a couple months ago. But He's awesome. Um, and then, you know, uh, I, I recently worked with Michael Mann. And fuck, dude. How's that? Because the heat's oh, like one of my man. favorites. <laughs> yeah. He is so laced up. He is so pro. Yeah. And so, like, well-researched and just so focused and just, like, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, it's it's just I I didn't really interface with him that much. You know, I, I had a really great face to face meeting with him for a kickoff, you know, and then wow. we would do Skype reviews and um it just his focus and his knowledge, you know, how smart and focused and just powerful he is. He's mm. powerful. You know, the guy is just he just you know, what hasn't he done? He you know created what I'm heat. I mean, come on, fuck. So <laughs> yeah, and so just working with someone like that just seeing where the bar is you know that's why it's kind of like um it's all very nebulous like that's why i don't really have goals <laughs> you know like as i yeah. just like you just fall into these different experiences and enjoy yeah, it yeah it's through. just like after working with people like that you're just kind of like i don't even know how to get there i'm just going to take it one day at a time sure <laughs> you know good. what i mean yeah. one project at a time and just try to learn as much as I can push myself and, and try different things, be a, you know, diversify and, um, you know, maybe one day collectively, all those experiences will make me as fucking badass as Michael Mann. Probably not, but can, <laughs> you know, I can, I can go down trying cause you know, I might as well fail at something impossible than something you know what i'm saying like you might as well play it try. safe yeah exactly yeah fuck that the film yeah. the film i was thinking of that i couldn't remember it was primer and then also upstream color have you seen either either of those films i Shane, haven't chains you should check them out I would, i'm curious to see what you think of them when okay. you watch them the guy he i think he wrote it and acted in them and uh and like produced it <laughs> like you know did like tons of stuff um with these with these two projects and um he's he's very much on that new f kind of scale of filmmaking where it's just like fuck it i'm gonna take a risk and i'm gonna crowdsource this i'm gonna make it become its own thing and and, and whatever what have you and using using uh he just he's a very smart guy i think and and um i'm almost to a fault because it's hard for him to to you know fit within the norm of of the film society necessarily I'm, I'm i'm assuming just the little things that i've read of his interviews he's a very smart guy well like well-read interesting dude but um yeah check out his films i think they're really interesting upstream color and, and primer um mm. he's got a couple other films and i've had a couple of friends that have worked with him off and on and some things and just said he's a really passionate dude really uh really smart and really passionate but you know it's just yeah it's challenging you know to make your own stuff it's just an interesting era, you know, and the way that he creates these things is just really, it's really interesting. I think mm. he made Upstream Color for some crazy, like, small amount of money, though. It's just, it's crazy. So when you see it, check it out. And some, like I said, some of my friends were like, ugh, it's crap. And some of them were like, this is really cool. Like, I get it. This is interesting. Like, this guy is really pushing himself, you know, and I appreciate that, you know, from a, just as that level of things, you know, so. Yeah. But it's just interesting, you know. Word, yeah, I definitely, uh, you know, on our on our paths, it's uh, you know the whole question of like how do you how do you raise money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta be really, uh, you gotta be 
I don't know. I come from really nothing money-wise. I, I come from a, a rich spiritual life, kind of, you know, where I'm, there's a lot of love and a lot of spiritual understanding from my childhood, you know. But as far yeah. as monetary, like, money, it's like, you know, it's it's weird. It's like, uh, I don't come from any of that. So to try and figure that out, it's like, oh, man, I got to really think about it. I was talking about it today in, a, in a, another conversation. I was saying, like, all these books and things I'm reading about business and just, you know, how to be the best that you can kind of books, like some rocky shit. It's like the the deciding factor between the richest man and the poorest man. The, the currency is always the same thing. It's time and what you do at that time. And that's what I'm saying every day. If I dedicate a little bit of something towards that goal, then mm -hmm. it'll eventually become whatever it is, you know. And uh, I don't know. It just it's right at the tip of my tongue. You know, it's like a, it's right there. I feel like when I write the stories or I build them out in my head, like I, it's already there. Like the loss or the off thing, it was already in our heads, you know. Like I saw it shot for shot, basically, the whole time, you know. And so when we were in the editing, putting it all together, and, and everything was coming together, it's like, yeah, that's exactly how I saw it being, you know. And uh, yeah. Yeah, when we when we wrote the treatment for uh, for C, we basically just you know listened to the song and seriously every three or five seconds in in a write-up is just like this is what's happening and it was just like every seriously every every three to five seconds for a five and a half minute song was like this is the shot this is the shot this is the shot and actually in hindsight um i feel like i wouldn't do that again i feel like i would i would i would let the kind of filmmaking experience be a little bit more loose and spontaneous instead of being as controlled as it was because it was very it was very like ordered and controlled and then the edit kind of conformed exactly to this like breakdown of the song yeah and yeah. that's when that's when you know i should have hired a different editor to not even look at that Sure. Like maybe it's good to have that control when you're shooting just so you can be structured and get everything you need, but then let somebody else like break it. Yeah. You know? We 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 did that with uh, off, but it was the the off thing was so personal and the narrative we knew exactly what it was that we just had to kind of go and do what we felt it needed to be. It yeah. was challenging to kind of like let go of that because I guess we are so controlling. I think if um if like I think about ever doing like a music video, I would try to do it with this, I would come up with the simplest thing. I wouldn't even care about the song necessarily, or like really focus on the song, what it's telling me. I would just focus on. I mean, I guess it depends on the song. I guess obviously, but I would just focus on. It depends on my realistic ability to make it, but I would just think of like, like one of my favorite music videos is "Star Guitar" by Michel Gondry, and uh, I think it's mm -hmm. Chemical Brothers, where it's just he cuts the background of a train. Yeah, it's like to me, like, it's like that would be really uh, smart but it's like smart in the simplest of ways which is like you know like simple design is the hardest design you know and so it's like the mm -hmm. same kind of thing where you can really cover up a lot of things if you are trying to hide your lack of things you know so i would try to like um just come up with a very simple thing and then just go execute it just be very simple about it and like not try to control it too much like okay i'm gonna get a couple cameras we're gonna go up to like iceland and we're gonna go experience this thing and i'm gonna just make it happen you know and, and whatever the idea might be or something you know like let the setting be its peace but i don't know it's it's just it's, just, it's interesting man it, and the whole thing and and what all this stuff is becoming and where it's going and being a content creator and stuff and challenging yourself and 
you know, advancing in your career or trying different things. It's really interesting, you know, and where it's going to take you and where you want to go, you know, I don't yeah. know. It's a re- it's a total trip. It's a total trip. It's so funny because right now I'm, uh, you know, we, we, we had this infrared, you know, full spectrum camera that captured infrared. And so we did a lot of stuff with, uh, connect emitters Mm-hmm. And, you know, connect emitters, you know, the, it's the uh, Xbox 360 Connect, Microsoft Connect, and uh, it's kind of like a gestural video game, you know, thing. And the way it knows where you are is it emits all these, emits all these dots and then just kind of analyzes how these dots are moving through space. And that's how it, like, can track people. And when you look at that in infrared, um, they show up as, like, these kind of, like, dot moray patterns yeah. on the subjects. And so we shot all the band like that. You know, That's cool. Of, the same way as cool. the unseen. And so I just finished a, a full edit of just the band performance oh, okay. in this in this infrared. And I just sent that off to London to get colored by the same guy. And we kind of intercut all the practical stuff and a lot of stuff that wasn't in the music video. And I know for a fact, I know for a fact that when this thing comes out, it'll probably come out at the end of the month or, you know, early July. I know for a fact that people are going to like this more than the music video. Um, because it's removed once you like start to tell, like once you have actors, people like lock in and start to like really critique humanity. Yeah, well, you have Brad Pitt and shit, you know, like yeah. (laughs) So they have like De Niro to 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 reference, you know, and exactly and and real people. That's why that's why design is so like so much easier because it's like you can't. There is no like people aren't going to attach themselves to that like humanity of it. Yeah. I'm saying like, and it's just like, that's why people like, that's why UI just kind of goes through. So it's like, Oh, it's pretty. You know, like once you start to have like characters and story and reactions and development, people start to get like emotional about it, which is the most powerful form of storytelling, obviously. Sure. Um, But I know that I'm going to release this band cut, which probably, you know, would have cost me a fifth of the budget to make it and people are going to be like, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. sweet. You know? <laughs> yeah. But you know, fuck it. Just fuck it. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're both, they're both their own things. And it's, you know, again, like I, the way I look at it, man, is I learned a ton, had a fun doing it, made beautiful images, told a cool story. You know, I had a great time and it's all good. You know, yeah. It's all you fair. seem down on it, you know, like you seem, and no, I, that's the thing. I'm, I'm not. I'm not down on it at all. I love the piece. That's okay. the thing. But I'm trying to like communicate. I, you know, we're doing this podcast. The reason we're doing this podcast at twelve twenty in the morning right now is to. Oh, I just girl. feel like the reason we're doing this is to give back and to give like valuable information to people. Like I'm not, dude. I love the music video, and Ghostly loves the music video, and Scott loves the music video. Like the the project is is clinically a success. It was debuted on Creators Project. Like it's all good. Yeah. There's nothing there's it's all good. I'm just trying to be overly critical because I don't want to just sit here and be like, you know, blah blah blah, we da da da. da. I want to like tell people like what I would have done differently and what I learned from the experience so they could be like, "Oh shit, you know, like these are something that I feel like that's way more valuable than me just like like talking surfacely about something, you know, like I feel like when you it's, it's the same thing about listening to director's commentary. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like it, this is that's what it is. It's well, like, yeah, I've listened to some that weren't. You want to hear that like, underbelly yeah. and you want to hear like what the director kind of like wished they would have done differently or what they learned and you know like that's what's valuable. That's what I take from these kind of things. Is like I want to hear people talk about like 
not you know not the not the polish i want to hear people talk about like kind of well it's the human yeah, side the that, you're, that you're talking about the the realistic yeah. human side because yeah at the end it's all polished are you feeling like you're getting some of that for me because i feel like i might not have even talked about i guess maybe i kind of explained it but i don't know maybe i didn't i don't know but i yeah. go fuck your film <laughs> pretty, <laughs> pretty much man <laughs> i i think uh i think i think I think we've we've both kind of spilled it in a lot of ways on this, and that's what it's about, man. I don't want to just fucking, you know, I don't want to just, uh, I don't want it to be surface, you know. Yeah. I want to like dig into it and kind of spill it because nobody's like I'm just as fucking like we're both just starting out still. Yeah, every day. I was every gonna say day. one thing. I was gonna say one thing is really important too that um, you and I have built a career off of other people's kind of films or their other things almost not always, but you know, like Tron is a big thing for you, obviously, you know, and Mm -hmm. Prometheus led for lots of things for me and, and, and total recall and all that stuff. And so I was always able to hide behind that. I'd be like, I don't really like the film, you know, it's not my film. So I'd have a, I'd have a, I'd have almost like a barrier between me and and a true emotion, basically of of experiencing like the true like anguish, you know, but this, this personal real thing was like there's no hiding and i and it was like super raw and it's, it was, it's scary you know it's scary because it's like damn like um i can't hide behind this you know and and uh it's true and it's really coming from exactly where i want it to be and even more i guess like i guess for this because it was it was like completely anthony and i it's like it was our thing you know and it was really creepy about like making stuff with anthony is uh i've created things with a lot of people collaboratively but i've never created something where like it's just like finishes my sentences visually and mm-hmm. vice versa and it's like wow when i can really embrace when i really experience that it's like that's a really cool connection you know it's really powerful so it's almost like when you see the film it's definitely two different people's vision but it's one in the same almost because the way that we see things is very similar. And I think if I were to say anything that would be like tell of that is like if you're doing something and um, and it feels if it feels kind of scary, you know, like if it feels like this is not what my normal is, like fucking go for it, man. You know, like Anthony told me a really cool story I thought was really great as well. He was telling me. Um, because I'm used to kind of hitting home runs or just kind of like, yeah, you know, I worked on this thing, this multi-million dollar movie, you know, blockbuster, you know, and mm-hmm. I was a part of this team and blah, blah, blah. But this one is like, you know, it was just like a couple people and we're out in Washington. But the thing he was saying is he was relating, uh, what I was trying to talk to him about to Bob Dylan. He was saying in the beginning, Bob Dylan would just like, was killing at folk songs and just playing like acoustic and jamming along and making really beautiful music then he decided to add drums and bass to it and people like were like what the fuck is this and then they they really hated it and they'd like attacked him you know and his car like physically you know and so people you know and now you know with hindsight people are like there's they're big diehard fans of his work but it took him understanding that he had to change and wanting to, to, to be different and to go into that unknown and that's really what the piece is about, you know, it's about being led by the unknown, the the challenges that it puts you, the possession of that, you know. The project itself is a mirror of our own uh, emotions through the process of making it, you know. So I'm speaking for myself, I'm not speaking for Anthony, and he has his own definitions and meanings, obviously, but 
that's what it was, you know, and, and, uh, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I think if you're, if you're out there and you're, you're creating whether, whatever it is, you know, design or you're, you're wanting to make films or you're wanting to draw or whatever, like really, if it, if it feels kind of strange or odd or you, it doesn't feel like you've seen this before or it's a little different and then carry on because it's a good thing. To, I think it's a good place to be, you know? You yeah. Know. It's good to be uncomfortable, man. I think so. It's it's because it, it forces you to kind of you know it's it's like we'll we'll go back to a UFC comparison again. <laughs> like, <laughs> Those guys know. are such beasts, man. Oh my god! And and when when they're you know it's the heart of the champion. You know when you're uncomfortable and you're in, you know, in a dire situation, it's like only the champions can overcome it. You know, and it's just like you push yourself to kind of persevere. Yeah. You know, and and I like like you said earlier, man. Like all of this stuff, dude. Like all of this you know, the burning desire to create, it's all commitment. Yeah. It's just all commitment because we believe in it and it makes us happy. You know, you're going to commit to something because it makes you happy. You can commit to your wife because you love her and she makes you happy. You know, you commit to your daughter because you love her and she makes you happy. You know, these are the commitments that you make. We're committed to our craft because we love our craft and it makes us happy. Yeah. That's it. You know, that's it. And it's just all about commitment. That's what drives us. Like when I read that story, about you and your prologue experience and how you were driving from San Diego to work at prologue of all places. Like prologue, it's <laughs> fucking, especially back then, prologue's gnarly. There's nothing like prologue. If you, if you, if you worked at prologue, everything else is easy. It's like, it's like speaking it off. Everything's fucking, everything's chill after that, man, because that's the, this is just epic scenario, you know, and prologue Contrast. is epic, dude. And, and the, the era that you were at prologue when, Danny and Paul and Henry and Ilya were all there. Yeah, and lucky. Kyle, obviously. It's yeah. just like that's the fucking heyday, you know. But for you to to drive that far and then work at Prologue until God knows when and drive home, like the drive home at midnight all the way down to San Diego, I just can't even like that's just fucking commitment, dude. And that's why you're making it, man. Like that's why you're making it, dude. And I like I've 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 gone through the same thing. I used to sleep on the floor of like my office when I moved to London. You know, I used to sleep <laughs> in the computer lab all the time because I didn't want to like waste two hours traveling through London, you know, like yeah. I just wanted to like sleep, wake up, work on my website, go to work, work on whatever, work on my website, work all night. Like it was just fucking crazy. Yeah, it's a big nothing. goal. Yeah. It's not it's normal though to, to like feel that burning desire and like I'm dude, I'm doing like doing like five things at once right now and it's, it's <laughs> very just, very busy like, why why like why and it's like it's the same reason i just i love it it makes me happy like it's a personal thing so yeah that's a commitment it's that's like, good that you keep that love going sometimes i i feel like right now especially i think because i just released the two things i feel like depleted and i need to recover and i'm just not in love with anything really right now i have i'm in love with a couple little things but it's not nearly as like savage and crazy as the other stuff, you know. Mm. But um, how do you keep that love going? You just you seem like that you're constantly open and and aware and like you're big on like in involvement with what you're influenced I by think, and stuff. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is is from collaboration. Sure, I think that's a lot true. of it. I do is a lot of collaboration. Like, I do a lot of collaboration, and I I pair myself with people. Um, especially younger people, you know, who, who just, they come with like a different kind of energy. And I'm a very, like, I'm very tuned into like energies, you know, and, and I just, I feel like the ebb and flow and, and I just love to kind of attach myself to people. But then I also just love to learn. Like I'm always challenging myself to like 
learn new a new technique or a new rendering engine or you know a, a new fucking aesthetic and, and you know a complete new a completely new aesthetic so i'm just always like pushing myself to kind of learn i'm certainly like i was certainly like after releasing you know after releasing oblivion the last thing i wanted to do was another ui gig you know, <laughs> doing you know the Tycho video the last thing i want to do is shoot in the woods or shoot on the beach again yeah. you know like, <laughs> cool you know, and i'm cool for a while you know but yeah now I want to go all like dark and synthy and, 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 you know, have tension and dark, you know, dark story. And really, you know, there's a lot of things that like, there's, there's, I'm more inspired after that experience than I ever have been because there's things that I want to do differently, you know? Perfect. And, yeah. And, that, and that's, yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's just, uh, it's, you know, and then you're kind of chasing, you know, like, and as, as lame and, and cheesy as it sounds, um, I was really, I was really touched by what Matthew McConaughey said during his Oscar acceptance speech. <laughs> no, what did he say? As fucking gay as that is. He, he said that the best version of B is 10 years from now, and I don't know what it is. Oh, that's Do you remember cool. that? Do you remember that? I didn't hear that. No, that's awesome. Though. It's like a really touching thing. It's just like, you know the I'm chasing I'm chasing this kind of like this best version of me this greatest version of me but it's 10 years in the future and I have no idea what it's like but I'm chasing it you know yeah, and I, I like, like that like that's and, and I like that a lot because I'm chasing a goal that I don't know what it is yeah do you know what I'm saying but it's just keeping me it's I'm driven to just chase it it's yeah. like I'm a fucking blind dog chasing a flickering light. That, well, you know, yeah. I'm drawn to the smell of it. I just want to eat it, but I can never catch it, and I'm just chasing it. You know, and there's that's just that's what kind of keeps me going. It's kind of retarded in a lot of ways, but that's just this is what it is. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. I think that's the beauty of it, though. Really, and I, I, and I totally agree. I think that's exactly it. You know, I think that, you know, uh, when you're sitting there and you're just in the zone, um, the possession, you know, it's like, you're like, man, it's, it's, I think that's a really nice way for him to say it. I think he, he is having a second awakening in his career, which oh, is really God, cool. He's on fire, man. Which is great. And I think, yeah, we see the, uh, Christopher Nolan film. I forgot what it's called, but Inter interstellar, I think it's called. Yeah, man. I can't wait to see that shit. Dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to see that too. Um, yeah, he's a, He's he just is really clever man with with his techniques, you know. Yeah, he's he's a definitely um, a particular kind of director. He's definitely got some really interesting things that he does and powerful stuff as well. And yeah, yeah. like I hated the I didn't really like, I mean I didn't hate it, but I didn't really like the new Batman. But damn, yeah, I no. loved Inception, dude. I loved Inception, man. I was really into it. You know, that's weird as I, I mean, to get on the Inception thing is I, I, when I first saw it, I only watched it when with just my, I was feeling the music because Hans Zimmer is such a magician with his music. Yeah, and so I was like, fuck, I was feeling like Ghost in the Shell and Blade Runner and like a whole new experience because it was like a combination of all these things, you know? And, mm. um, and then I was looking at the visuals because I think as Wally Fisker did the DOP and, and, and the, 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 the images were just phenomenal. They're beautiful. Mm. The, you know, uh, DiCaprio's skin just looks so good on film. I don't know what the fuck. Because I just recently watched uh, Wolf of Wall Street, and he, and he looked great in that as well. Uh, it's just got, like, this great bronze thing going on. Anyways, so, but then I watched it just to focus on only script and story. And 
it was, and I did a lot of research on on Nolan at that stage of his life. He actually wanted to create Inception prior to all the the, the Dark Knight stuff, and um, he knew it was going to cost like you know the 300 million or whatever it costed him to make that so they wouldn't trust him they wouldn't give him the money to do it so he decided to do the dark knight and focus on that and to to raise trust and all that stuff so you can get the funding but when i watched inception it's a movie trying to explain itself every 10 5 to 10 yeah. minutes and for me it's like um i understand that because it's almost like it understands that there's so much risk going on that it's like but it was kind of like when I really started to get on the story, I realized it must have been really challenging for him to create that story to the mainstream because it's a very abstract thing, you know, and it's trying it, but it's a film that's constantly trying to explain itself. So when I really sat there and focused on the film experience for myself, it became kind of annoying because I'm like, fuck, you know, like, just let me, just let me question it and put my own intention on it. But at the same time, it's not supposed to be like that, you know, and, and hats off to him because it that must have been a really big challenge to make that film, you know, tons of work, tons and tons of work, you know. So, but there are some really amazing things that were only owned up for that film, you know, that are mm. are internally eternally that film's experience, you know, which is really cool and really interesting. And there's a lot of things that I like about that film too. So, but lately I've just been studying things on a whole different level of understanding, you know, trying to understand things. And I don't know if some people like a lot of my friends they, they they like to watch crappy films and and study them. But I I've been only trying to study this like the cream of the crop, the things that I love, like yeah. all my favorite Kubrick films, all my favorite Fincher films, all my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson films, like all those guys. You know, just figuring out like what it is that they do, how they do it. You know, another big thing I want to say is that a lot of these guys, especially Kubrick, the reason why I think that his legacy is so strong is because how well documented he was. He's, like, incredibly well-documented, especially for its time. Same with, like, Francis Ford Coppola. Like, I recently started watching Apocalypse Now. Have you? When's the last time you saw that film? No, it's been a while. It's a... Whew, you should rewatch that, man. Yeah, that's, like, a, a whole other level of experience. Yeah, talk about, talk about tension. Whew, my God, you know? Like, and, and then there's The Heart of Darkness, which is the making of. And that's yep. a whole other level of just, like, passion and just intensity. Martin Sheen gone crazy. Yeah, he had a heart attack actually, you know, so in 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 Vietnam and all that stuff Vietnamese. I think it was like I think he shot some of it in in, in the Philippines or something. I can't remember. There was there was just so much fucking crazy drama for him to make that film, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy, you know. And and those kind of guys, it's like there's a there's only like a couple of those guys in this lifetime that will endure that much pressure in order to make art, you know, cuz that's all it is, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, art and storytelling, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, shit. think about all the the antiquated film techniques from back in the day too. Like, think about fucking shooting on film. Like, uh, not even being able to review the film. Like, it's oh my so- god! Yeah, you, you just hear it. I remember that's one thing I remember too. They would say, when you hear that sound, it's money just jumping away. It's like money yeah. fleeting. Money just <laughs> fucking. So and, and he shot millions of like miles of footage for that film you know it's just it's crazy it's a fucking crazy film you should really go rewatch that because yeah talk about tension talk about character transformation talk about like expansive like mind-altering experience of cinematic bliss you know like and just mm-hmm. the madness of just making that and working with those kind of powerhouses you know 
like uh, Marlon Brando and stuff. It's like, fuck, dude. <laughs> that guy's such a power powerhouse and the, behind the glass. Power. It's so interesting. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. My obsession with this stuff has gotten pretty crazy. So. <laughs> it's good because even if, even how, how deeply you're investigating narrative is going to inform even your most simple design like it's going to bring a ton of depth into your design as well you know like that's that's the thing all of this all of these experiences with diversity and trying things and doing things that make you uncomfortable they're all lessons and all these lessons and all this knowledge is just going to inform the things that you do well in addition to the thing you know what i'm saying like it's it's all worthwhile yeah no, you know I'm saying totally. like, can you imagine? Can you imagine after these experiences that we're that we're having, if we did another like holographic sequence? Can you imagine just like how fucking deep we would go into like the pulling as much narrative as we could out of like something as simple and surface as just like a holographic sequence? You know? Yeah. That's that's the growth, right? Is is the that's the conceptual growth? Is like when it you really, be. yeah, it should yeah. be. You because know, I mean, I'll be, you know, be honest with you, like we. You know, when we were doing Tron in 2010, we we dug uh, deep conceptually for one of the sequences. Yeah. But I can't even imagine at this point now, like to do one of those sequences would be like ten times deeper and ten times more well researched than it would be, you know, even two years ago. Yeah. You know, and that's 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 the that's the growth. You know, that's the evolution, and that's that's what it's all about the approach know? and everything yeah i absolutely yeah. agree i mean I, I i think i'm not throwing any of this stuff out and i'm not trying to discard it as being anything less than powerful because it all is it's all experience you know and and that's it's what knowledge. i think well yeah. yeah and then we talked about contrast you know like i said when you when you think something's hard go to try to do the hardest thing i, I relate a lot of things to ju- ju- jujitsu because jujitsu for me is like putting yourself in adverse situations and dealing with it and dealing with it at a very high level of stress and when you train it's like you train with like the highest belt that you can in the class and get your ass beat and then you train with the lowest class below you so you can beat their ass and then you train with somebody at your same level so you can find out where your where your weak spots really are you know Mm. honestly but then you have a good level of contrast so that you can set your mind that's why I would like I would just love to figure out like how to get on set with like Ridley Scott or something and just shadow him and just like help out and be a part of that and just see how he handles things. I mean my little exposure with being on set just even on Ender's game and just seeing the pressure that was on Gavin it was just like heavy dude, you know, and it was like you could just tell it was just like owning him you know (laughs) yeah it's the the kid right yeah that's it well no gavin is the director gavin hood so i when i was when i was out in new orleans when i was on location i i was like i don't want to sit there and design i want to go on the set you know i was like right i was like harrison ford's here you know i want to go sit and watch harrison go, go act and like see how he does it and you know like i don't get these experiences all the time you know and so i was just soaking up every little bit you know and just seeing how it works and the 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 machine it's just a really savage machine it's crazy but but i would just i don't know i guess the closest i can get is just the film commentaries right now so (laughs) and take a little bit you know i mean we think about i was watching one of my favorite shows now is to watch cosmos with uh, neil degrace tyson have you seen the new cosmos dude i watched the first episode with my roommates and i just it was so over the top the whole thing was just so over the top for me that I just kind of like checked out. I'm a big Carl Sagan fan, and I was just like, I can't do it. What do you mean? It, it was just wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't too much. It wasn't good. Good enough for you. 
it was just it was so like like, really good i mean i i hear only amazing things about the show but i watched the first one the first episode and it was just so like dramatic Mm. and like over the top and all these like (laughs) composites of him and it was i just couldn't like I couldn't de- like I, I have these kind of reactions sometimes to show like I watched that show uh, Silicon Silicon Alley or Silicon Valley or whatever it's called. Never seen it. And I watched the first episode. I watched the pilot episode, and I, it made me feel like really guilty for living in San Francisco. And I was just, <laughs> like, uh, you know, I was just like, and I was just like, I oh, fuck it, you know, like I don't want to deal like. And same thing with the Cosmos. Like I'm, I'm just like I said, I'm a big Carl Sagan fan, and this Dude. one just felt so, so like over the top and dramatic that I was just like, I can't, I can't. I, I actually watched uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson on uh, Bill Maher once in a while. And he's always super cool, you know, but he is so cool, uh, man. He's so cool. Yeah. He's great. And I just, I'd love to work with him. Big... Yeah. yeah. I, there's uh, anybody that's going to replace Carl in some, some facet. And I, I don't even think that he needs to replace him. He's actually becoming his own self to me. Yeah. They're so different. They are so different, but it's Carl cool. Sagan like, was like, proper like tripper <laughs> yeah and well neil is is definitely uh just such a smart dude but he's it's it, it takes a really important special talent to be inc- very incredibly inquisitive smart and then be able to deliver you know how it is like you know you go out and talk and do speeches and stuff it's like you you're not using your design part you know you're using like your social skills you're advancing yeah, charisma your charisma yeah and it's like you're kind of born with that or you're not you know like if you have it or you don't kind of and you can learn and grow and, and, and advance to it, different levels of it but carl sagan was a natural and i think that neil is also a natural but they're their own yeah. people and I don't know. I, I really love that show. It's been such a great thing. And it's been actually a really cool thing for my daughter and I to sit and just watch it because it's like she's really interested in it and curious and just like all throwing all kinds of weird words out to me. And she's like, what's that mean? What's that? What about the multiverse? What's that? I'm like, I'm like, chill on. Just listen to Neil. He's telling you how it works. You know, it's <laughs> a fucking cartoon. Neil. Yeah. It's Shut a up. Car- listen to Neil. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a cool show. And, and, um, I don't know. I thought, I forgot what I was going to say about it, but I just, it's, it's one of those shows that's out there now that I think is really cool. And it's really awesome to have, there's a show that's out there like that. You should maybe give it a try probably in a couple of years or something or whatever, when you're ready yeah, no, for I'll, it. I'll, I'll check it out again. I, again, I don't, I don't, I don't, I should take more time to like watch TV, but I, it's usually uh, just films in the theater or, um, I don't make know, time but, for that stuff either. Yeah. It's challenging. Yeah. It's challenging. It's hard to make time. Like I was supposed I to see that. Under Game this. of Thrones and I'm a huge like Dungeons and Dragons, like by foundation. So I should really oh, Game of Thrones is great. It's drama though. It's like, it's drama. Yeah. It's all about the drama. Violence. Yeah, it's it's a fucking great show. I'm really into that. My wife and I are hooked on that. It's 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 like the last episode, especially. I'm like, dude, how are they fucking making this? Like, how are they affording to make this? Like, it's movie really quality. Cool. It's movie quality. Like, it is just so. Just when you see it, the the battle scenes are like. Dude, you, you can't. There's. It's better than the. Like the it, it looks. Yeah. It looks better than that to me though, because it's like more honest in a weird way. It's like not this weird fantasy like weird world. You know, it's just this really honest, beautiful. And not to say that and, and um, the Lord of the Rings stuff isn't beautiful. It's its own thing. But I just appreciate the aesthetic. It's very noir in certain lighting situations. It's very natural. You know. Whereas, like, I feel like with Lord of the Rings, there's, like, 
all of a sudden there's like candles everywhere lighting people's faces fucking perfectly and i like, that's bullshit man <laughs> but lord mm-hmm. of the Ra- with the lord with game of thrones it's like there's one light coming in from a window and that's all that's happening you know and they'll do sh- they'll do bounces and shaders and all that kind of shit i know what they're doing but it's it's they're trying to be as honest as possible and if they're like hey i don't even see half the actor's face they're like fuck it this is how it's supposed to look and i appreciate that like lack of like um lack of trying to be precious about shit you know so but you should check it out i'm into it um word you dude you're you should go to sleep it's a uh, it's past your bedtime you gotta you should it. go to sleep man uh, i think i'm gonna watch a film i have this like japanese film i've been wanting to watch uh because i'm writing uh, my lost boy book with anthony right now and it i want it to inspire me so it's a uh, Hirikiri Seppuku. I can't even say it right. <laughs> but it's got some really interesting, really cool, like, I love old Japanese films too. Like, all that kind of stuff really inspires me. So I'm going to watch that and go to sleep and just study that while I go to bed. And the next two or three weeks, I'm taking a break from a lot of stuff and just like observing and reading all my old comic books and just refocusing my chi, you know, like rebuilding my inspiration. Somebody asked us on Twitter to talk about mental block and this is exactly how i deal with it is just trying to take a break rebuild myself and and refocus on the things that i love you know and Mm. and focus on the people that i love and want to be around and just you know taking it taking a breather basically though so because i haven't this whole year it's been just a fucking savage roller coaster and i'm just ugh (laughs) yeah so glad it's done dude (laughs) yeah i I, uh i guess how i do it is i build in like vacations you know like like all my vacations are usually like either really like wild party trips or they're like or they're like conferences you know and and the whenever i get back from a conference i'm always just so juiced you know so i do like i do them quarterly you know that's good you set it up to be like that design yeah i set it up to be like that so um and then in between i have these like really wild like blowout party shit you know and, and that and Single that's guy. that's kind of a yeah i'm kind of a wild man like that i really love drugs and i love electronic music and i love just like just peeling it off you know i, I always like i always kind of go back to the the burning man theory you just go out there and you shed a layer of skin you know sure um, and then you come like back you're kind of holding back with a lot of that stuff did you get some flax recently or something or you're you have some kind of like weird like are you are you detoxing right now or something or what because you seem like oh, you're holding back yeah. on talking about because last time we talked about this stuff you're really big and adamant about your discussion of it i think that's really interesting and i think that's a part of you that's what i really took away from your Tycho thing because i was like oh he's just explaining his experience to me like that's what I felt, <laughs> that's what i felt like it was to me that's how i read it yeah you know, because i know how influential like psychedelics and stuff are to you and how mm. how big it is for you to kind of communicate that the last thing i remember you saying on the podcast is like you're trying to show the world what it feels like to to do this kind of stuff and be influenced mm. by your trips you know the the geo and all that kind of stuff you know so but now it seems like you're you're um maybe kind of hesitant to expose that still or is that well i think we, we covered it in depth in the last one so <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't people give myself. you shit for it no. 
Okay, good. I think that our I don't think so. again, I don't I don't read comments, bro. So I don't know what the hell. Well, I, I don't know if people, people came up to you. No one like, hey, emailed you me. Or, okay, no cool. one emailed me and said shut the fuck up about your psychedelics or no one. <laughs> fucking idiot. Saying, no, yeah. I I think. No, uh, and I I'm like uh, I'm like Dana White. You know? I don't read the internet. That's good. Well, Dana, he does though. He's on Twitter and shit, so. He's lying. Yeah, he he's out getting <laughs> back to being like, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> Fucking UFC. Crazy. That's a crazy dude. But, uh, I'd like to meet him. I don't know. I think, too. I think you need to, I think you need to, um, have people back on your podcast and I want to ask him like 5,000 questions about his work process. You should. I think I've, I felt bad because I know that you mentioned that it wasn't as involving. And this wasn't as revealing as yeah. I, people is one of my, like, he's so talented and I just can't, I don't want to believe that he's just like that self-deprecating. Like there's definitely like a fire <laughs> burning inside of people that I think I, I really, I just wanted to like uncover that. And so, um, I think he, you know what I'm saying? I like, think I he's so casual him. about it, you know? So casual, man. And well, he just like lives like, out there and just chills and like just does his thing. And I think that he, yeah, he does. But his... he's also really smart too, that he's just like, <laughs> he's just making these clips and giving them away and everyone's using them. And he's just very like, he's very giving, man. He's doing a ton of tutorials. He's giving away cinema files. There's, def- there's definitely something a lot deeper in there that, that is, is, is to the why that he's always, that he's doing all these things, you know? And, and I, I just really wanted to hear that from him. Well, it was, it was, me too. He's, he's great, man. I love, I love the people, dude. We'll he's get, one we'll of the, the best on. What's that? We'll get him back on, and, and we'll do a three-way maybe, and we can just kind of like fucking just ram-pack him with dildos, podcast like dildos, yeah. slap him with podcast dildo questions. Oh, my God, dude, all up in that face. <laughs> all up in his cheeks. Glass and bruise his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's listening to this. I'm going to make sure I send We're him a link. We're coming for you, boy. We're coming for you. Bradley wants some more that people ass. What's that? More, more that podcast ass. We got to get him on some of the talking things, man. We all hang out together. That'd be fun. You know? That would be fun. Just go spaz yeah. out and be dorks and just talk about madness and, I don't know, just creating stuff. Yeah, he's he's great, man. He is really funny. Before, he's really funny. He's really funny. Yeah, he is. He, but he is, like, I like his humor because he's, like, dry about it, and it's kind of, like, if he, it's he's the kind of guy that, from my experience, it's like, you either get his humor or you don't. And for me, I yeah. get it because I think it's funny. That's like that's the kind of humor I I like because it's him being himself. You know, it's not like yeah. trying to force it out from some other reason. That's that's at least what I'm taking. I don't know him personally beyond like, you know, a long string of crazy amounts of emails and then the podcast itself. That was the first time we've ever spoke. But it was like two years of emails back and forth, of just like, "Hey man, I love your work. I love your work. I love your work." Ah, you know, like <laughs> the the love fest of you know, like the respect, you know, which is really important as well. Um, just respecting those that you admire and stuff, and sending that love out there, you know. So, which is a really key element to your success as well, because you know it just builds your circle out, not in a selfish way at all, but in, in a you know like a loving, procreating kind of way. So. Mm, which is how I (laughs) procreating procreating dude are you gonna get uh Killian Ang on your show you know I was just uh trying to get him on he does a lot of really amazing work um so good he's the new Mobius man (laughs) that's what Anthony says um I think that 
nobody is Mobius because Mobius is just this guy. Well, yeah. Nobody can touch fucking Mobius, so how dare you? No, but um, Killian is actually. I don't even want to relate him to Mobius. I think he's a, he's like almost like um he's like Monet meets Mo- Mobius, I guess if that makes sense. But I don't even want to classify him because his art is 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 really special. Did you see the recent print that he did? My friend Chris from Evil Tender commissioned him to do this one print, and it's fucking awesome, man. And he and the thing I love about what Chris's approach is like, hey, just like go and do your thing, like go and make like what you want you know, and, um, you can really feel it in his work because actually I don't have much of any art on my wall sites from like Mike Mignola's work and some random other stuff, but I have his big ass like Terminator piece because when I was at, when I was at, um, Comic-Con, it was like one of the prints that was there and I was like, dude, let me get one of those because <laughs> there was no other ones of his prints that I wanted to get there. And that was one of them. And I'm like, I need one. Do you have any of his work? I do, yeah, yeah. We we have a bunch of his prints in the house. That's awesome. Yeah, his work yeah. is really great. He does it all digital. Do you know that? All digital. All digital. So he doesn't baby. Draw it first. No, I don't think so. I think it does everything digital. That's what Chris told me, which is really good. But I would really love to have him on the podcast. I think he's from Sweden. So Sweden, yeah. Sweden, he's incredible. Yeah, he's very, very, um, he's very, um, he's very just kind of low key. It's funny. I met, I met a. I met Andy Gilmore finally. I spent spent some time with him in in Toronto. It's a triangle guy, um, right? Yeah, man. And uh, he's like he's like my favorite. Yeah, and you love that I, guy. Yeah, and I got Sean to invite him, you know, to FITC. <laughs> you controlling that. everything like Godfather style? And just fucking like <laughs> just like you know had dinner with the guy and you know. We, we just like picked his brain he's the nicest guy and super humble like crazy humble and it's almost like it's just it's it's, it's amazing the it's greatest amazing. guys are the greatest guys yeah are the hum- most humble super guys. humble man that's the trick and, uh, and he was just kind of like telling me he was like really open and really cool but you know, it's, it's also funny because, like, I've had these conversations with Gilmore and Scott, you know, like, all these guys, you know, like, I, I like to ask him, like, really kind of pressing questions about, like, like all the things that we all feel as artists, like our insecurities and our, all the the other side of it, you know, it's like, yeah. what's, what's behind, you know, Andy Gilmore is wildly successful, Scott is wildly successful, but I always, like, like to ask the questions of, like, the other side, you know, it's like, what... What what kind of what kind of things like make you concerned or get you down or like what throws you off rhythm? You know that's that's mostly what I what I always ask is like what throws you off rhythm? You know like what kind of what's the noise in your life? You know yeah and uh, and it's just so interesting to to hear everybody kind of talk about that. You know is it always different from everybody or is there some always similarities? Different, yeah. Always different. When my when, when there's a lot of noise in my life is usually when my wife and I are are communicating or are connecting right. And that's usually like mm-hmm. the the worst thing, and then when that falls apart, everything else like kind of just falls apart as well. But when when my wife and I are, are synced up really well, that's when I feel like at peace with everything, you know. Or like when I'm really close with my daughter and stuff, it's just like everything's flowing well. So um, for me, it's like my personal relationships with those that I love, you know, and that I'm close to. Mm-hmm. And if they're if anything's off there, I'm like so sensitive to that, you know. So I guess that just means that I I'm, I'm I aim to please, you know. Like that's my goal. And when yeah. it doesn't work, it's kind of 
shattering, you know. How about for you? What's like your biggest noise filter that like causes you to have problems? Um, I'd say distractions. You know, just just I I definitely have a scorching case of ADD, and <laughs> I um, I just you know like I I just get distracted a lot. Like I I have a hard time getting into flow. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Getting into really really deep flow and and uh so that's kind of the 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 noise in my life it's never really on um it's never expectations or um you know common negative commentary anything like that it's always just kind of always fighting my own like add to kind of just like really dig into something and get shit done you know that that and just kind of like insecurities about getting older because <laughs> i just is that a big I thing just, for you i mean it, it it's not a big thing but it's just always kind of like it's, it's there you know i'm just like it's it's just like i'm a fucking ufc fighter man and i'm 38 so i'm like <laughs> with the, i can't i can't do my spinning ninja kicks anymore i you gotta see the like dan henderson fight? the what you see the dan henderson fight Against Cormier? Yeah. Oh, man. No, he's getting like, thrown around. Oh, God. He just got wrecked. <laughs> he got, like, bench-pressed. <laughs> Poor guy, man. It sucked. Yeah. It sucked to watch that. There's some fights yeah, I just weighed, don't want to like, watch. Like, four, he was, like, 40 pounds lighter than the guy, man. Yeah. Like, and Cormier crazy. is just, like, he was just such a savage bastard. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait to see Cormier and Jones fight. Oh, that's going to be Jones's biggest battle. Like, yeah. Like, nobody, I think, has brought that kind of fear from my perspective as this guy to him. But Jones has that weird genetic thing where he's got, like, 40-inch long arms. Like He's like Mr. Fantastic. When, yeah, he's got the stretchy arms. Stretchy if you watched, arms. like, one of his last fights, he, he kept his hand on the guy's forehead, like, almost the whole time. He kept getting um, pulled out for, for fingering the guy's eyes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but that's one of his biggest advantages. And I'm wondering if this Cormier guy is going to be like, fuck it, I'm going right in there, I'm pulling you, and I'm going to ragdoll the shit out of you. He's going yeah, to, exactly. and Jones has got to be ready for that counter. He's got to be able to, to, to use his legs and counter that and um, do good defense, you know. So I really, personally, for the UFC and just for Jones himself, I really hope he holds his title for another, like, four or five things, and then he should stop. <laughs> but I hope that he's... Yeah, I think that, um, well, the UFC is only successful, really, if, if people can continually hold their title. Um, it's 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 important for the sport itself to have people that are like a benchmark, basically. Like when Matt Hughes was running, Matt Hughes was running his show and was like undefeated for so long, and then St. Pierre is getting really close to getting knocked off. Like last fight was very controversial, but um, with yeah. all these guys, I think it's I think it's really beneficial for the sport for some of these guys to really just keep keep um, their main keep their keep their title it really helps the sport in general it just keeps it fresh keeps it strong but it doesn't like keep it so because like right now my biggest problem is that there's so many things going on with ufc i can't keep up with it as a, as a fan and a spectator and so if there's like constantly if there's if there's titles changing constantly i'm like i can't keep up with this guy or know what that guy's about but jones has been around for a while and he's kept it strong for quite a long time too so yeah, but this Cormier guy, I'm like, oh, it's the first time I'm like, oh, I don't know, this is gonna be, uh, this is gonna be a challenge one, you know, it's gonna not gonna be easy, not gonna be easy battle at all. So, but we'll see. 
But to get back to your main point, I will try to get Killian Aang on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. I really try yeah, I would to. love to hear about his inspirations and his process and just any anything about him because he's just so extraordinarily talented. Yeah, he is. He really is. He's he's. Uh, it's rare to find that kind of style in today's yeah. world. You know, it's really cool. Like he's tapping into a lot a lot of the '80s and just like mm-hmm. some of the cool shit. I really want to. I hope to bring a lot of that stuff into my Lost Boy project for the book that i'm making and stuff so kind of same That's kind of awesome. feel that sounds like an exciting uh exciting project yeah. next big thing i'm excited but, next, next yeah. big thing big thing but dude um let's cap this bitch spend three hours yeah it's see, late we're at three hours and one minute right now so i think, I think that's good dude so much love has been shed all over this podcast just bukkake oh. everywhere <laughs> poop podcast bukkake podkake so <laughs> dude thank you i mean we've been talking about this for a while and i think that we talked about a few of the things i wish we would have done it earlier when we, there was a lot more pain going on kind of you know mm-hmm. we'll time it better for the next one but if you're ever up for doing around three i'm i'm game dude we'll do it because it'd be a lot of fun and uh, yeah I that was a lot of fun and I, I think this podcast is a very very good good thing you're doing man i've always really been keen on this well you're a big supporter of it you know and i know people love the shit out of our podcast i know that's like one of the big staple ones people love like a lot of people like a lot of different ones and everybody has their own favorite one but yours and um danny's danny is really good because he's just danny's so composed he's just so so, yeah he's so just fucking pro and honest and just like a proper like father figure there's so much wisdom in danny exactly and and that comes through with all that and so but no definitely i'm I'm sure people i i'm sure people are going to really enjoy this one and i'm glad and i appreciate you being honest and opening up and explaining that and i want people to know that no matter what level you are, you should be feeling like this because it's actually, we're trying to grow and develop and become better at what we do, you know, and it's not easy. So yeah, I don't know. I'm stoked. And yeah, dude, go get some sleep and we'll be talking soon. Sounds good, my brother. All right, man. Rest up, buddy. All right. All right take care. Enjoy your movie. Thank you. Crazy man. <laughs> See you, buddy. Have a good night. All right. Bye. You too.